0: Honestly, the closest thing you're going to get to the Snyder Cut trailer music and superhero trailer music, I think in general, is Attack on Titan's soundtrack. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I mean that in the best way. Right. Absolutely. I could listen to that shit all day. But um, unless you're talking about
1: the, the newest uh, trailer. That's fair. Have you seen the newest one? The
0: With, new the new, new one? The new, new one. No, I don't think so.
1: The one where they're like in the... Oh, like in the wall kind yeah. of? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, if you're a fan of the wall, you're a fan hey, of the House of Comics podcast. Nice, All the Pink Floyd fans out Tear there. Tear down the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: the Pink Floyd fans. <laughs> that's that's, that's what, what I was talking about. I wasn't that's ta- exactly, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't talking about the like not that wall. Dude, if no. we're, <laughs> we're making le- the Attack on Titan wall and then the Snyder wall. That's what I'm and saying. The Pink Floyd, we're doing it. Right. This is indeed a the, podcast. Yes, that was my trifecta. Wow. The, the the
1: Biden America trifecta wow. wall. Yo, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Uh, but like I said, this is the House of Comics Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Alex. And we're going to be talking to you guys about comic books and other comic book related entities across all mediums and spectrums. This is your first time tuning into the show. Welcome. Uh, you should know that we break our podcast down into three main segments. First segment being our news segment, which we call Filler or Crisis. That's where we go through news topics and label them filler, things we can breeze through, or crisis, things we'll stop and talk about. Then we'll move on to our topic of the day. This week's topic of the day... Is actually a blend, perfect, of essentially the uh, the big news topics, because there was a bunch of them, and how those kind of go into the books, because there is some some link up there, especially with some of the stuff that is uh, releasing later on. So it'll all it'll all flow. So it'll be less of the the, the three the three part segment today. It'll flow probably a lot a lot smoother. Gotcha.
0: The three in one, the Godhead, absolutely, <laughs> dude, <do>. the Tribunal. <laughs> Oh, gosh. You guys, you guys want to talk about Morrowind? Well, no, well, this is just a lot to live up to now. This,
1: I was just uh, no. saying we were going to flow through the segments. That's okay.
0: Most of that lore was written by dude on a insane mushroom fuel binge. So We can do better than that, right? Well, that depends. Filler or Crisis?
1: Batman and Fortnite <laughs> are doing a no, crossover dude. comic book series
0: that will tell untold secrets about the game. So... That's the worst. No. I can't say it's the worst thing I've ever heard every week. It's gonna start to lose its meaning. But then every week I hear the worst thing. So um <laughs> I don't know, man. Dude, I totally get that.
1: That's why that's why we'll label that one filler. Yeah. Jeez ow. Oh. Well, we'll talk about something that's definitely uh not filler, get into some extreme crisis level news, big news coming in. Angel Manuel Soto Mm -hmm. is set
0: to direct a
1: Blue Beetle film, massive, starring Jaime Reyes,
0: gigantic. Uh,
1: Who who could have seen it coming? Who would have thought? Right. The the big questions are who
0: and how. Absolutely, and also yes. Uh, I don't know. Who do you think who who does, I got does someone? No one. I got I
1: absolutely no one to play I Jaime know. Reyes. I, I, I couldn't even start. We've been asking for it, and I
0: have I have no prospects. Um, best thing I got is that the weird kid from Hereditary, uh, <laughs> who I'm not even sure how old he is, and I also don't think that he is. I'm not sure what his ethnicity is, <laughs> but he is definitely ambiguously ethnic, and he's an incredible actor <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll we'll use him as a base he's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, i think you'd make a good jaime uh just off of that off vibes off pure vibes <laughs> yeah um yeah. i'm not sure beyond that really again i'm not I'm not hooked into the youth right oh that's what i'm saying no no clue
1: and that's where i feel like this one is going to be a little fun and dangerous because jaime is a younger character yeah it might be better suited for them to go with you know not a big name person
0: yeah probably
1: yeah so it's a lot of excitement but also a lot of anxiety because this is like blue beetle is one of those things where it's like if we get this right like massive implications oh huge but so many ways to get it wrong (laughs) oh yeah like i mean first off the top you gotta think about the cgi like what are they gonna
0: go for what what's the suit gonna look like dude i can tell you from injustice 2 Mm. that is a very hard thing to do yes because jaime's normal blue beetle skin looks ridiculous it looks pretty bad it looks stupid and it's not the fault of nether realm it's just it's hard to translate to do that every other alternative helmet you put on blue beetle makes him look amazing looks bad but then the dumb (laughs) like noseless bug face thing just looks really bad in 3D. Yeah, so. I think it's just because I, And just is one of those games, like you know, super
1: sleek, mm-hmm. um, oh, yeah. pretty, pretty glossy. So when you have something that you know doesn't have a lot of features, um, i.e., yeah. a, a blue beetle face, it looks just kind of, kind of
0: flat. I think I agree. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um, also, the uh, more comic book question is: How are they going to handle the relationship? With the scarab, mm-hmm. is is the scarab gonna have a mind of its own? Is they gonna are they gonna do that kind of vibe, or are they gonna take a rebirth style and have him talking to a Ted Kord type figure? Will Ted Kord make an appearance in this film?
0: I think that's gonna be the biggest decision they're gonna have to make. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I can all I can a hundred percent see a. Old Ted, old man Ted Court trying to help young boy Jaime Reyes learn how to be the Blue Beetle, kind of thing. Yep, it's an easy, solid story. I mean, wealthy white dude who's you know archaeologist, blah blah blah, or Corgi Industries thing, and you know yep. like kid from you know like Latino kid and you know odd couple pairing right exactly. where they have to like work together hijinks exactly ensue. yeah they're, you know they're from different parts of, of whatever stratosphere social right. stratosphere so how does it work right <laughs> I guess 2020 <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah I mean that seems like a really obvious way to go on the other hand I would almost much prefer the suit Jaime balance almost like a bumblebee Shia LaBeouf see but good thing see I was thinking they take a more
1: comedic approach to her thing with well, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett oh, Johansson. Oh my
0: God, we're all over the place. <laughs> I think we do the like buddy it.
1: cop version of that. Oh <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're making movies. Call
1: call me, call me
0: Angel. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not too busy. <laughs> Dang yeah. I don't um, know, but that's going to be a huge thing. It's going to be huge to see whether we, whether they go that way or they try to do some balance of both or yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. The one last thing I want to talk about, um,
1: for hopes for the show is building out Jaime Squat. If you read any, uh, Blue Beetle comic book, you know, his two best friends are like a pretty big part of his life, AKA right. like inform his character because he doesn't talk to anyone else yeah. <laughs> besides the scarab or, um. Uh, or Tech Cord, depending on, uh, depending on what you're reading, that and um and his family. So his family and his friends are also going to be pretty important casting roles because they're going to, you know, be the only kind of soundboards and how to how we build Jaime outside of his, you know. Which will probably be more comedic and hectic and stressful interactions with the Scarab, as we made you know, as we know, uh, Blue Beetle comics to be.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, that's a good point. Uh, it's gonna be harder to walk that line between this and just feeling like Far From Home. You know, and I don't know if I want that, but I want this to be way more like the Shazam movie yes. than Far Dude, From Home. We
1: gotta capture that. that. That is the lightning in the bottle. That
0: the ah. de- nice.
1: Yep yeah you did it dude. my bad nice one i i, I really didn't mean to.
0: i can't even blame you fish
1: <laughs> i i i suck uh, <laughs> it's it's fine but yeah uh let's see let's put see. put static in it oh i mean well i mean speaking of static uh filler crisis uh, you guys probably know about this this thing's been going on for a minute now but the milestone yeah i uh, milestone comeback is in full effect a lot of big talent announced um let me get those names actually Because there was one of them, one of the artists who uh, I didn't hear about until, you know, all the announcements started to start to roll in, but he's going to be on the, uh, the static book, Nicholas Draper. Yeah. Nicholas Draper is going to be the artist on the static book. And I'm very excited to Hmm. see his work. I've been looking at his Instagram. He's been sharing some stuff and I'm really liking the, uh, he's kind of going with a bit of a, of a manga vibe for Uh. the, the static characters. And I think it, it, it makes sense. It <laughs> it, does. It, 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 may, it makes a lot of sense. Um, not the not the approach I would have thought of to <laughs> to begin with, but when I see it on paper, I'm like, okay, I, I definitely get it. Mm. Um, so that along with the hardware book, there's a, um an icon book as well. Um, icon and a power book. Uh, Basically every every milestone character will be getting some kind of uh, some kind of representation. So shout out to that. Cool. I'm pretty sure it's going to be mostly digital, um, which I didn't find out until relatively recently. So I'm still not entirely sure how I'm feeling about it's b-
0: that. It's a bit disappointing. It's a
1: bit disappointing. But like I said, the uh, the creative team seems to be behind it. There seems to be a lot of support behind it. It seems to be a real a real initiative that we're actually going to follow through with, not just some posters. But like Good. I said, it's mostly digital, so definitely you know more excited to to read it than anything else. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. We'll stay in the uh, DC news. Big news on the DC movie side: the Flash got a casting announcement with Sasha Kaya being cast as Supergirl. In the That's upcoming right. Flash movie. Um, if you guys do not know who Sasha Kaya is, is making making some waves. It was a trending topic because she. Is of a Hispanic heritage, and if you know anything about Supergirl, she is usually a blonde white woman. Yeah. So everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, what's going on here? What's 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 up? What's happening? The answer is, who knows? Who cares? DC has <laughs> made a precedent of of doing this. Hell, Marvel yeah, has made point. a precedence of doing this. Yeah. I.e., Nick Fury. Yeah. Um This is nothing new. We we do these things. Um, I'm I'm obviously intentional for whatever reason it may be. Um, but I looked up Sasha, and it's not like <laughs> she's just like some random actress they found on the street. She was on, uh, like, um, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the name of the soap opera. The Young and the
0: Restless. Oh, I was about to ask if it was a telenovela, but of course, yeah.
1: Now, yeah, she was nominated for a daytime Emmy for The Young and the Restless, so that's yeah, yeah, pretty big. Yeah, yeah, she has some 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 acting and acumen behind her. She's not just you know some some anybody that they got to play Supergirl.
0: And that's what matters most, right? <laughs> exactly. Definitely need someone who can do acting. Please, well, better than that sentence, at least. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got alright you know, I guess we should talk about it the month is here it's it's upon us the Snyder Cut we talked about it earlier in the show Woo! for uh, a brief bit the Snyder Cut is coming out Whoa! this month yeah we'll, we'll do some kind of countdown special countdown to the Snyder Cut countdown to the Snyder Cut dude I think it was like 18 days 16 days something, something like, like that. that yeah something weird like that mm. um, but gosh uh, wow this We've talked about this, obviously, a couple of times on the show. We someone won't spend too much time on it now. But what a just entity this whole thing has has become. Like, it's it's like one of those things that truly helps you mark the, the years. Yeah. It's
0: very of this time.
1: Exactly.
0: It feels like it feels right how wrong this is. At no other point in history will this happen. Yeah. Let's keep it like that.
1: Yeah, this and the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yo. Okay. <laughs> but that was good. That was
0: good. Okay. That one that one was great. Well this could be good too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that could be good. You right. Know? Right. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but uh I don't know. I mean what is it? Four hours long? There's supposedly a hard, too massive much. cliffhanger at the, the end of it. They've added too much. Supposed got to be Dark Side new... and Steppenwolf. That's supposed and... to be cameos of, yeah, of people dude. as well. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like this? Who is this for? Now it's going to be the Blue Beetle cameo, dude. Definitely Blue and Static, and they're going to shove in the new. The Michael B. Jordan's going to be there, Yo, uh, uh, as second Superman. Well, as that, 23 that, Superman. Well, that that will segue right us into our next filler crisis topic.
1: Filler crisis. Tanasi Coates. Will be writing a Superman film for J.J. Abrams. Right, that's pretty wild, dude. What? <laughs> I know we're kind of going through these headlines, but like this was probably one of the most niche weeks for superhero-related comic book news entities across all mediums and spectrums. Really, yeah, you're
0: right, dude. It all started with the Blue Beetle, and then it just went fucking through the roof from there. Truly. And uh, Tanasi Coates, if you guys are
1: unfamiliar uh, with him, he started off, he's a, a pretty uh, prominent fiction writer with titles like uh, Between the World and Me. is probably his uh, biggest one uh, that I that I know of. Um, also, The Beautiful Struggle, We Were Eight Years in Power, and uh, The Water Dancer, just a uh, couple that I'm reading off of now. He's also more uh, popular in the comic book sphere for having written uh, the latest Captain America series, mm. as well as the Black Panther series, which mm-hmm. will, I think he's gonna be ending his run on that next month in April. Um obviously that was uh not controversial, but it had a bunch of you know release date issues, pushback, delay stuff like that. Fun. And now it's starting to seem like maybe that was because he had begun you know production on whatever Superman flick this is gonna be. Which that there's been no casting news. Absolutely None. no casting news uh but obviously the internet and to be fair, the internet said this well before Nikasi uh um uh coates was uh attached to this. But now of course that black man who's been writing Black Panther yep. is gonna be writing a Superman book, everyone has jumped to the conclusion that Michael B. Jordan is gonna be the next Superman. Which like it's like one of those ideas that we've already become so numb to because it's just been in the right? sphere <laughs> yeah. for like so long. So like like the like the memes right now because of like the like the writer attachment mean almost nothing because we said this when it it was like a complete joke,
0: like absolutely nothing substantial whatsoever. It's ludicrous, dude. I I even saw a uh, a rumor was John Boyega was Gosh. maybe going to be in there. And I was like, really? After John Baeger, like, quote unquote, said that Star Wars is a, like, celebrity, like, a gilded prison. Right. You think he's going to come back and do franchise work as Superman? Come on. The fuck out of here, man. Come on, guys. Michael B. Jordan, also, I don't, I can't imagine he would want that. You you really, like, someone like that. And again, I can't say this. Right. I'm, I'm white dude, you know? (laughs) But, like, to me, if I was Michael B. Jordan, I'd be like, fuck Superman. I want to play X african-american superhero right. like i want to take this person and make an awesome big budget movie about them and show people how awesome that is we did that with black panther right. who was like a c-tier character in the past right and now he's one of the biggest characters on the planet it literally feels like hey guys we we got it.
1: we did the black panther thing like check mark we got it right yeah <laughs> we were God. good now all we got to do is use the algorithm to make michael b jordan
0: superman right and just give everybody what they want <laughs> it's crazy crazy stuff but I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just like he you know, a writer, quality writer, black man writing traditionally black stories about black characters and stuff like that, bring him on board with something like that, with all the rumors swirling. I, I don't know. I mean it's hard it's easy to jump in that direction. It seems you know? kitschy
1: at, at at the least. Yes, um, exactly. And uh, as black man i can tell you i'm not here for it like i, I that doesn't that moves me in no way am i go am i would i go see the michael b jordan superman movie A fucking course i'm gonna go see the michael B. Bro, jordan. Bro,
0: how could you not like come on
1: like listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth wild am i would i be excited for it no absolutely not i because you know why because i like michael b jordan and i like superman yeah i know those things don't work they really don't
0: <laughs> of all the people to go down that route with you know silly
1: this <laughs> is so silly oh. oh my god gosh all right sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> so many things i was just imagining him as human torch killmonger and then superman i know right and then what just a- me trying to just you know what a trajectory <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: For lighting, nothing happened. yeah <laughs> speaking of human torch we uh, I guess this is this is this is a reach of a segue here. But uh, once again, I'll mention very lightly because we don't know too much yet. I haven't even seen the episode, but I'm going off of you know conjecture. Philo Crisis, Wand Division. Oh God! Spoilers! 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 Wand Division spoilers. Hashtag WandaVision, spoilers. Nice. Um, I don't know why I made an X symbol while I did I this. I saw no, it. <laughs> it's, it's I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel forewarned. Um, but all the nerds online are saying, ha-ha, we got you. There's not going to be any mutants in here. We told you so. But instead, we're going to flesh out the Marvel Magic Universe because now they're saying that sp- some spoilers from the end credits of the last episode. Oh, God. You know, the most important
0: Dude, part. I hate uh, it. <laughs> oh, I, I, And I, I could, haven't, I I could haven't,
1: throttle Kevin Feige. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I read multiple articles that said that this was this is where the information was. <laughs> I read multiple, because I had to confirm. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But well, so there's there's mid credits and there's end credits. you in the show. Ah, uh, yes. There's mid credits and then uh, <laughs> <It's> episode eight. <laughs> the full piss has been taken, man. Well, because you know there's the, this is the stinked episodes. This one was like 48 minutes, bro. Is this the last one? No, next one's the last one. Oh my. God. i thought it was over too. to be honest that's how that's how Please, <laughs> detached i am god uh but anyways <laughs> the dark hold uh which is a uh the marvel magic text i've talked about it before i'm not gonna pretend to know any more about it than i talked about and i only know about it because steve orlando was attached to potentially writing a story about it which did not come out god we because love steve I, orlando. I could only assume because whatever the fuck is going on in this show and they were like that's not the same <laughs> yeah, that's what you're right is not the same as the show. You gotta stop that, right? <laughs> yeah, synergy. We need the synergy. Um, so, anyways, that's gonna be rolled in, and that links to Human Torch because Human Torch, Fantastic Four, dark hold is linked to Doctor Doom and his magical stuff. So now people are assuming that instead of mutants being rolled in V1 division fantastic 4 is going to be rolled in via Wanda division. I even saw some tin foil hat stuff going on saying that because it's I guess it's Doctor Doom's like 70 70th or 60th anniversary or whatever and like the comic books are going to do something crazy and make him like marry Wanda. And then that's going to that's how it's all going to
0: <laughs> Sorry. I know you're fine. I know the people at home can't see the faces i just made (laughs) but i might leave the silence in there and this is all i've read
1: all i don't know any of this this is just for my research (laughs)
0: jesus man um i guess so i mean i want to say nobody wants a fantastic Four movie more than me but we've already had three right we had we had the one from a while ago and they had a sequel to that right yes and they're not great no. And then there was the recent one, <laughs> which is also not good.
1: And. Dude, I don't know if you've been seeing the, the renaissance of people trying to defend those Fantastic Four movies. And, the, I mean, the old ones with Jessica Alba, in them? Yeah, dude. Have you, oh, seen, have you no, seen this? No, dude. No. Yo, dude. Yo. People have been like, yo, man, they got a lot of things in this movie right. Like, look at like, the family dynamic. And I'm like, all they did was quip at each other. Yeah, dude. That was, that was all it was. They yeah. They had dude. Like, like, it was literally like quip, quip, kind of heartfelt like dialogue after an action scene quip quip and i'm like they're all just talking like the spider-man that's a family
0: dude <laughs> that's, a, that's family. a family one boy bitten by a spider that's a family you know <laughs> don't make me say it large orange rock man a family Really.
1: uh but no like yeah those movies are, are, are pretty bad <laughs> um yes uh I remember liking Silver Surfer as a kid, but that was exclusively because... It's cool as hell. It's cool as hell. Thank you, Jack Kirby. And Silver Surfer was dope because he just fucking... Surfs? He just fucking, like, chill. This is before I knew anything about, you know, Norn Rad and the actual Silver Surfer himself. But, like, when I was as a kid, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Oh, for sure. Um... So I assume they will never be able to achieve that. Oh, never! <laughs> in the Fantastic Four franchise ever no, again. because no, 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 one does that. Even. No one says, "Hey, man, that's just cool." That's, because that, that shit was <laughs> cool.
0: You don't do shit for cool anymore. Nah, dude. Got
1: it. Well, because uh, it's got to work. It's got to. It's got to have the synergy. Synergy. We got to roll it in. It's got to be a part of the.
0: The mythos, the, the universe, universe, the extended universe, you know? the Marvel presents DC's Image Comics, you know and what Scott I want? Snyder universe.
1: I want the Zack Snyder Fantastic Four cut. Yo, That's what I
0: want. That would be hype as shit. You, you, you I'm best. not saying it'd be good. No, but be, it'd be I'd hype be, as shit. I know exactly what you. That'd mean. be the craziest Doctor Doom you've ever fucking Dude, seen. He would seen one murder, 100, <laughs> 100. It'd be devastating. It would, it would be magnificent
1: rips face off no face for sure puts on mess love <laughs> it
0: I'm sold Hans Zimmer <laughs> make it happen <laughs> whoever you just
1: taking pieces of iron at this point yeah. banging them together right. it like some light piano that's yeah. just the Doctor Doom theme <laughs> <laughs> right uh, oh gosh okay. I'd still love it oh absolutely yeah my new read music <laughs> Oh, God, we got to talk about this, because this is what's going to help us transition into the books. Two big, well, I I mean, I shouldn't say two two big announcements, one semi-big announcement. (laughs) Bendis. Bendis. Bendis has confirmed that his Justice League run is going to be large, will be expansive, will be a part, a central part of the DC Universe. And if you guys are unaware of Bendis' Justice League run, hasn't started yet, but is going to uh, some of the new team members are I don't know, I think all the new team members are Hippolyta mm-hmm. yes that Hippolyta as as in Wonder Woman's mother mom uh Black Adam yes Dwayne the Black <laughs> yeah. Adam Johnson uh <laughs> and if you've been reading the Suicide Squad Future State stuff you know they're going they've, they've gone full Dwayne Johnson care, yeah they in, really don't those, care dude i <laughs> I actually found them kind of entertaining just because they did the full full sin. Dude, yeah.
0: <laughs> you commit. You got to fully commit. No half measure. <laughs> Not and at all. We take the entire rock. Gosh. Um, and Naomi,
1: which is why I will be reading Bendis' Justice League run because I was a big fan of yeah, Naomi. I, was, I remember that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I know... I don't think this was supposed to be like Naomi's phase two in the DC universe, but I think the presented the the, the opportunity presented itself to Bendis, and it was just like, you gotta take it, gotta take it, yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm excited in that sense because I was excited for that character's trajectory to an extent for
0: sure. Well, yeah, I mean those that's that collection is worth checking out just out of the novelty of it, dude. And that's know? and that's almost why it pisses
1: me off. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's been this like what's the fucking trifecta shit what's the what's the what's the three level of attacking the dc fan yeah like that's like really like into this shit you yeah know? like the old stuff like the kind of more like nuance, like b-side stuff and then just like new stuff yeah like the new that new new that new new and it's all it's all there along with Everything else, really, that was in the Justice League before, but it's a, it's a big team, huge, big team, biggest team we got. Speaking of the biggest team we got, the biggest team in comic books by sales is releasing the first issue of their debut series this week. Of course, I'm talking about Keanu Reeves' Oh God, Berserk. Which has been labeled the highest selling original comic book launch in nearly thirty years by uh, <laughs> Boom Studios themselves.
0: Jesus, which, dude.
1: which I found amazing.
0: <laughs> this industry's <is> dying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck? Hey man, you you, don't, t- you don't talk shit about our Lord and Savior Keanu Reeves. What I got, are we doing? I got comic book stores all over it, all over the internet, saying that kids are in the shops saying, "I need that Keanu." Oh
0: Where God. is the berserk? I need the Reeves, dude. I got boxes full of amazing <laughs> fucking issue ones that deserve those kind of numbers. Not Keanu Reeves presents Keanu Reeves well, in comic book. We don't know that. Jesus. <laughs> all right. Well, I hate that I'm gonna read it, and I hate that I'm gonna like it. But I won't like liking it, right. you know. And that's the most important thing. I'm gonna choose to dislike it, regardless. <laughs> so take that, Keanu Reeves, you sad puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> Fucking Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Fucking Constantine, dude. Shouldn't that have been enough? Shouldn't that have been enough? To, like, stay out of comic books, brother. Like... Hey, man, people like that movie. Who? (laughs) Are you kidding me? What a bold and terrible... (laughs) All right, let's move on. I have a lot of feelings about Constantine. (laughs) Especially after Simon Spurrier has made the most perfect Constantine. And everything about that Constantine is the worst Constantine. Except for... What is it? Tilda Swinton? I think she played... um, One of the... Lucifer, one of the eight. Doesn't mm. matter. Okay, solid choice there. <laughs> but everything else out the window. Gosh, gone. Toss it.
1: Wow. Well, real quick, Toss uh, it. I do want to shout to back Kent, who who's co-writing this book, who I do like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure like the talent with it is great. Like yeah. I'm I have nothing against them. The, the duality of feelings
1: I have towards this book. um between the Keanu Reeves, between the whole Kickstarter thing, uh, yes, <laughs> between it being "quote unquote" co-written by, in my opinion, one of the you know best uh, writers in the game right now, yeah. if we're talking just and we're like like production value, just like pushing them out, like Matt yeah. Kent
0: is up there, premier, yeah, premier uh, modern talent. So it's
1: a it's a force. What in the world? So it's it's a true force, and it's com- and it's coming at you. Much like the books that we read this week. Woo. I got to start this off. Go for it. Got to do it. Because uh, this this one's a couple, couple weeks old. Still catching up on uh, some backlog stuff, of course. Mm. So I wanted to mention this one for sure. Ink Blot, number six. Nice! The, the finale th- of this arc. The cat returns. I don't know if I just absolutely lost my mind <gasps> <laughs> over our break. But I was reading this and this was the last thing I read. So I read like everything else I was b- I'm about to talk about why like, like, way before this. And this is the best thing. This yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. There shit. I, I tweeted about it. Oh man. This this right here, these two pages. What a cat. What a great cat. I you know what? I'm spoiling it. There is a part where she's trying to catch the cat. So she spends all this time building like this. She's talking about all the magic that's going into this this uh capturing vessel it's a box <laughs> it's just a plain fucking box right <laughs> so she goes around with this fish trying to you know get out a cat so she goes, goes pss, 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 just running around the library pss, pss, pss. like yep, yep, yep. come out come out cat you know you want the fish she comes back to the room says i can't find this damn cat cat already in the box genius like, you, it's, this... Oh, God. That's how you write a comic book. Canada do is. it. And then the perfect exchange. She goes, that's a nice kitty. Meow, question mark. Does the kitty want some fishies? Meow, period. <laughs> Intently. It's like I'm there. <laughs> that's it, kitty cat. Have a taste. Then she eats the fish, catches the cat, calamity Ooh. ensues. Jesus. And the... <laughs> Outside of this having by far the best dialogue between uh, a person and an animal I think I've ever read, really, there's one of my favorite, might be high contention for my favorite exchange of the year so far. She says, the fabric of reality is unraveling because of you. We're in my old house with me in the other room, and you don't even care. (laughs) And the cash is like, yeah. Is a cat is cat, and this 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 went from being something I would suggest picking up for just you know casual fiction fan, casual uh comic book reader, to a absolute must have for anyone that owns a cat. Wow! If, if you have a cat, or if have if have you had a cat at any point, you need this. This is important. This is real. <laughs> This this will this will make you feel things. Oh um, man. But more importantly, this is also about family. I was kind of uh, yeah, joking, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but uh, at, at at the very end, um, it gets really deep into the kind of a uh, B side lore we've been building into her kind of expansive family. There's like twelve of them, like the brothers and sisters and everything. And we go into the history of one of her brothers that we thought she. I think she mentioned in the first issue that he was kind of lost or hadn't been heard from and all that stuff turns out he got severely hurt and it seems potentially it was because of her um because of her need to do her job as a seeker as librarian as the as the learner Mm. she got into this this mode of inaction she was so content with uh being idle that her um her need to play her role, her need to, to fit in into the family in this specific uh, sense got one of her family members hurt, mm. and it's been hard for her to reconcile with that, and the cat has opened up this wound via jumping through space and time. Cats, man. Right. So that's where our next arc is going to take from. It's going to build on from from that. Wow. Yeah. So, no, it's a good story. It's no, just, yeah. It's good stuff. Fantastic. But yeah, uh, ink blot number six. Emma Cuba, Rusty Glare from uh,
0: Image Comics. Pick it up. Fantastic. Well, I think I know how to do this. So <laughs> I have a pair. I have, <laughs> I have two ones, and then I have a pair of pairs of comics. Okay, I got all right. I got four ones left. You got four yeah. issue ones, dude. Yeah. So this. <laughs> Comic book review is brought to you by DC Future State. <laughs> Whoa, you, you read your Future State stuff? No, that's my point. Oh. I was <laughs> thanks to DC's Future State, I was able to save money and buy really cool indie books Dude, that I wouldn't normally. It's so funny because all
1: all my books are indie
0: books this week yeah, as well. Literally, all my books one. are indie books. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> if there was not a, a a greater final word as we reach the end of of this experiment. It is the fact that somehow we are at a point today yep. on this House of Comics where we are. Are we? Are you doing any DC books today? No. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit! Not a single DC book. So good work over there, guys. Yeah, we we talked um, we talked about you guys all episode. Yeah, literally. to
1: totally. read. <laughs> unreal. Unreal.
0: <laughs> totally unreal. Well, on brighter side of things, uh, maybe as bright as. Uh, two moons one would say nice dude. you're right right dude, this story is dark as hell isn't it super dark <laughs> oh my god dude all right n- let me frame this for you native american boy in the civil war Ooh. well no right <laughs> and it's a supernatural horror story jesus right <laughs> every part of it sucks um well who's this by and it's fantastic uh, john arcudi is our writer valerio Gian giordano Definitely a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character, <laughs> with Dave Stewart on the colors, nice, and Michael Heiser on the letters. I know, right? Can Hashtag you, credit the colorist. We got to credit. I actually, to be honest, the colors were arresting in this. They were fantastic. Dave Stewart, man, uh, he did a vent. He did a great job, uh, complimenting Valerio Valerio Giordano's art, which was stark and dreamy, while still feeling grounded. Because it's important it feels grounded. Because, like mm-hmm. I said, this is a very serious subject matter. Civil we're talking War. About. It's got to feel grounded. Like, yeah. we can't make light of such a, a dark period of American history, especially when it's told through the lens of an indigenous person. Right. And so, with all that praise at the front of it, I can tell you, this good is book. This good is book. <laughs> this, good is a book. <laughs> <laughs> this book is, is really quite good. So, we're following the character Virgil uh, Morris, who is his name, his traditional name, is, uh, his native name is Two Moons. Oh, okay And the imagery behind that w- becomes very apparent very quickly. We start off with him having a nightmare about some creepy I don't know, like gas ghost giant. Oh, okay, that, that is- like sneaks into his tent, right? This is creepy. <laughs> it's, it's very creepy and he's having these like memories that are going through his head. And then we find out kind of like, where is that? What's the situation? It is fairly deep into the Civil War. And our boy is on the side of the Union. Mm-hmm. Nice. nice. And he is fighting against the Rebs, dude. He's trying to shut down the, the Confederacy. And so he has some experience with some people. We kind of build out the situation. War is hell. This nurse is talking about all the grotesque things that she's seen lately. Her name is something uh, Annie Shaw. Last name is Shaw. And it's implied that she will be a kind of a bigger character okay, um, at some point. But we don't really get a lot about her initially. Um, we just get an interesting interaction between the two of them where they discuss, like, pretty much the horrors of war and then r- nature of the fact that, like, she wants to frame things as, like, these people are horrible and right. they're just trying to kill us all. Mm-hmm. And Virgil's like, man, that's not it. Like, we're trying to kill them, too. Right. Like, we're the only the winner here is whoever kills everyone first. Wake up, like, sheeple. Literally, yeah. like, no one's better here. She's literally like, you know, we have a we have a righteous and she has says. The Union is a righteous and tis a holy mission they're about. Because she's Irish, apparently. Uh, But she literally says it's a righteous and holy mission. And Virgil immediately shuts that down. He's like, this is not righteous. This is just kids killing kids, man. So um, when we get back from that experience, we jump right into Civil War is not a fun place. And literally, the second he's back from getting supplies, we get into a pretty... Massive battle by my standards, but they just refer to it as a skirmish. Dude, this is not with, a skirmish, right? With like a like a rogue cell of this of the Confederacy just
1: going at him. This know? is a uh, straight up like guerrilla warfare like warfare style like encounter. This is not a skirmish. Hundred percent,
0: yeah. And so, um, we come back and we meet this sergeant who's been kind of teased a bit. Okay, terrifying, and absolutely terrifying. Big beast of a man who is just ready to rip up some confederacy scum, dude. Nice. For sure, he's taking out the rebel scum. Big fight ensues, and they start... Um, the rebels break, and they give chase. So, they... We end up in a scene where Virgil is staring down at this uh, at um, at the sergeant while there's a trapped confederate kid in some wire, and he's giving him the whole shtick. So, when he was in the medical facility, he... Saw this body and there was a, like, a spirit or something over it talking to him. I believe it's his grandfather. Okay. And it's having this conversation with him. And then we find out that it's framed as if it's the guy talking. And then we see that the guy is dead. And he's been dead for a while. So this kid is seeing some shit. Yeah. And I don't know if it's typical, you know, PTSD seeing some shit Or if it's like some kind of magic stuff or some other like more spiritual inner workings here. Because we are kind of going to that. Right. And then this book makes the hard decision of what it is. Okay. And the book, so Virgil and this guy are arguing over what to do with this kid who's caught in the trip in the wire. Mm -hmm. And the sergeant just shoots him, like brutally shoots him three times in the head of his revolver. And like puts this, that solves it, you know? (laughs) What? Can some Confederate soldiers seeing him from a distance taking pot shots shoot our sergeant in the chest. And you're like, okay, well, he's dead. Right. No. What? He's a terrifying cat monster man. I knew he looked creepy, dude. Right? And so he starts going off about this whole thing. Uh like he is a whole different voice, like, obviously. And then our, our Virgil boy is like, okay, this is just a nightmare. Like, I'm, I'm seeing things. I saw my dead grandfather. I'm seeing weird ghosts. I'm hearing weird noises. And now you should be dead. And you turn into this cat monster. And you're saying all kinds of crazy stuff to me, too. And while this is happening, the dead kid who the guy shot, there's a voice coming out of his body that's implied to also be his grandfather. Because he refers to him as two moons which again is this traditional name right and he says when he's like trying to deal with it he's like oh man this is nightmare i'm like i'm broken i'm just a reality snap you know and this dead body ghost voice says no two moons this is the beast as he is now you see the truth it's like the truth of what what is going on here man (laughs) and so he's like starts to try to fight off this guy he says something about satan he says, uh, your limbs know better than your head, or your limbs no better than your head, native son. Like, he's fighting back on instinct. Like, he knows man. there's, like, a monster in here, you know? Jeez. And then he, the monster man screams out, they know my path to the southern skies, and just takes off after the Confederate soldiers. And our boy, trying to deal with the reality situation, takes up his rifle and shoots the sergeant through the head. Oh. And kills him in the water. Kills oh, him in the river. whoa! Unfortunately, the rest of his unit sees him doing that and thinks he's a traitor.
1: Uh, okay, and that's, and that's how it ends. That's where it ends. Jeez! Oh uh, wow! What a cliffhanger! That's, I know, right? That's quite a lot.
0: So <laughs> yes, and there's a great little section here at the end from the ah, oh, from the writer. Oh, nice. Um, that's just kind of like a brief, like, hey, you know, I tried. Like, this is a story I've been trying to tell for a while. It right. found its way into this medium as a comic book. Um, I did a lot of research. I've always loved uh, Native American cultures and, and I've studied them throughout my life. And mm-hmm. I wanted to make something that was really like a genuine depiction of them in a way that doesn't break down to either noble savage or like sagacious protector of the environment, you know? Right. Because when you, it's so easy to go into those roles and you, instead of having, he says it himself in here, instead of having them be people, they're just symbols right. or metaphors representing something. What and we so, think
1: of as a Native American. Exactly, right. yeah.
0: And so he's like, I part of the reason I wrote this book was because I wanted to dive into that culture and then depict th- these incredibly interesting, diverse people as incredibly interesting, diverse people. Who would have thought? Proper, right? Who would have thought, you know? And so he just kind of talks about that and then kind of lays some things out, you know, talking about the whole Two Moons name and how, like, clearly he's a man who split between his his home and his home you know he's a, he's a native american in america but americans don't even see him as an american right yeah you know and so it's just a it's a lot of interesting stuff to play there with with identity and it's a terrifying place to set a story in especially for you know Young Indigenous man, so yeah, like I, I probably will keep up with this. Uh, yeah. I really liked this first issue. The art was, again, like I said, graphic, grounded, but still, when it took those supernatural bends, it handled them very well, and it felt eerie right. and supernatural. The writing was good. The right it was just it was kind of exactly what I hoped it would be when we initially were talking about yeah. it. Like, oh, here's the synopsis, and I'm like, cool, this so, could be good. And yeah. guess what? It was. Perfect. So and that's what you in want. There. I know, right? cast for much more well i can say i
1: can say i can ask for more from this uh book i'm about to talk about <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it was solid though i just <laughs> it was just uh i shouldn't know so i'm gonna be talking about another image book this is stray dogs written by anthony fleeks oh my god <laughs> art by trish forstner Colors by Brad Simpson and uh, layouts by uh, Tony Rodriguez or Tony Rodriguez. Is there a Brian Michael Bendis quote on the back of the book? Is there? Oh wow, there is. I didn't see this. <laughs> I did not see this. Wow. Okay. This this is the perfect way to set the tone for this. The fate has been sealed. Haven't read it. I'm reading it live for you now. Yo. My favorite thing about comics is when someone shows you something you didn't know you needed. The Secret Life of Pets meets Seven.
0: Jesus.
1: Yes. Please. Walking the stray dogs, I was blown away. End quote. Oh man, well, it was, that's hilarious because this was marketed to us as uh, what was it Silence of the Lambs meets, meets the, Lady in the Tramp. Meets Lady in the Tramp, and uh, this is that's a that's a lot of pressure you're putting on this title when almost nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. We're introduced to our protagonist, Sophie. That's right. Uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering her name because she's having a hard time remembering anything. That's kind of like the stick. She has classic horror trope. She has short-term memory loss. Even more classic. Well, it's also funny because I mean, <laughs> like she's a dog, right?
0: You so, know? you know,
1: right. And the the best the best part about the book is, as you may have guessed is the amount of dogs in it <laughs> <laughs> and the kind of personality is they kind of subscribe to the dogs. They all kind of take on like the kind of typical dog tropes. One of the dogs are just always thinking about the bones. One's thinking about digging. Hell That's yeah. like the, like the uh, um, kind of fanciest dog? Um, then there's our power pack leader. What's his name? I'm blanking on it. Rusty. Cause of course it is
0: rusty. So <laughs> there's a good boy. <laughs>
1: cash's book. Um so I'm just going to cut cut right through the center of it. Hell yeah. The real conflict in the story comes from the fact that Sophie has been taken into a, essentially this I don't want to say a foster home, but this guy adopts a bunch of dogs. This is like the 12th to 13th dog this man has adopted, okay? While she's talking to the dog, she's kind of getting a little depressed, a little down. She's because she's having a tough time remembering what happened before this. And she just kind of wakes up. into like this, you know, new environment. What's going on? Like really thrown. But then it then hits her. She sees her master, her new master. And she recognizes him as the person that killed her former master. Interesting. So she goes to Rusty and say, yo, I just remembered everything. That dude's a murderer. Like, he, he, he killed the person that, that I'm supposed to belong to. That's how he got me. And Rusty's like, I don't know, man. Like, this is our master. Like, right. we've been, we've been known homie for a while now. Like, the whole time we known him. So, <laughs> so this this is, you know, we don't really know any better. Uh, And so, he's like, if he was a murderer, you know, I think we would know. We follow him almost everywhere, except for here. Oh, and here. Oh, and there. Oh. And he doesn't let us go here. We can't go in the front yard <clears throat> because his car is there. And we can't ever go in this room. And we sleep in his room. Nice. <laughs> so she's just like, okay, right. So how do you know he's not not a murderer? Mm. And Rusty's like, you know, you got me there. I'm in. Let's figure out <laughs> what, kind, what
0: kind of dog is this. Is this is a lab. Is this is golden retriever. I don't know what these fucking dogs no, are. I dude. Say- I've tried the cat book. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the energy is highly it yeah um, it looks like um oh my god oh my god what's the dog from all dogs go to heaven oh you're name? asking the wrong oh, person. oh <laughs> the deep lore i don't have access deep to lore. i can tell you a lot of things i can't tell you that dog's name. listen it's probably max people you have seen
1: every single one of these dogs oh for sure yeah, you got
0: all these saved on your instagram
1: account i i, <laughs> I know it um to be fair, the dogs are adorable. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to, to Trish Faustner for a, a a truly beautiful collection of dogs. I, I will definitely give it that. But at the same time, like <laughs> there's nothing really commanding in the story for the art to really kind of go there. So a lot of it ends up being just kind of like these still shots, and a lot of the um the hype comes from like you see how they put the red tint. Um, down there that's kind of like supposed to be like a, like a shock scene like Sophie was like seeing something you know right. we assume her, um, her new master attacking her former master um, but outside of that like you know nothing really art wise is like anything too crazy outside of being you know pretty adorable throughout
0: <laughs> okay
1: and uh, oh yeah it culminates in Ta-da! Sophie forgetting everything. Yeah, again. Yeah, she forgets everything again. So this is like her thing. She has like severe, like you know, short-term memory loss, and/or she's a dog. Um, Right. (laughs) And I think maybe that's the game we're gonna play here. Like you know, how far does a dog's memory go, and what does it mean like to a person? Sure. I guess might be like the like the deeper aspects of this book. But as a dot dog person, I don't think this is for me. So like if you're into dog stuff like this is probably for you. I don't I don't necessarily consider this like like high level horror. I didn't I wasn't like necessarily thrilled moves, right, or yeah. moved. It wasn't like ethereal in any way. It wasn't atmospheric. Um, like I said, the jump scares weren't really jump scares. And to be fair, it's the first issue. We haven't seen like the act yet. Yeah. But I don't feel the tension as well. Yeah. But. Like I said, if you're a dog fan looking for like an interesting, an interesting read, um, I would definitely consider picking this up from Image Comics. Stray mm-hmm. Dogs Number One.
0: Well, there you go. All right, <clears throat> so I'm gonna tackle another pair. Okay. Real fairly quick here, as quick as I can. God, these books are packed with things. Um, insert some kind of penis joke because uh, it's heavy pause right uh. there you go <laughs> it's heavy from max bemis eric donovan chris peter not peter chris the drummer for kiss oh, okay <laughs> and taylor esposito who i may or may not be in a band i'm not sure uh it's not it's never brought up so what's going on in the world of the heavy well the real quick and dirty is you got bill you got slim they're heavies, hitmen for hire, for heaven, that are trying to balance the karmic scales, okay? That's good. So, I know, right? <laughs> so Bill's in there doing the thing on the grind, making the climb in the big weight, okay? <laughs> He's up there because Slim killed him and his girl. His girl went to heaven, probably, and she, homie ended up stuck in the big weight, which is like some kind of wacko capitalist version of... Purgatory America yeah it's kind of it it's this oh shit is that what this is about (laughs) (laughs) holy shit wait oh no dude (laughs) oh no I was joking it's gonna tie right in to the number six we'll get back okay everyone remember meritocracies aren't real and (laughs) there is no upper mobility in late-stage capitalism everyone hold on to that at home okay (laughs) So we end up, back to the most important thing. This book was sold to me as Guys with Guns. Um, you know. That Bendis? It said, quote unquote, <laughs> a story about the existential purpose of dumb boys with big guns. That's the tagline, oh, right? okay. So beautiful thing. Lots of great pop culture jokes. That's one of the things that I've been keeping up this whole time. But anyway. So Slim, the murderer of our boy Bill and his girl. And Bill end up being partners in this whole journey to ascend to heaven probably okay so you're caught up they meet a guy named Moore. okay they're out there they have to kill people in different infinite parallel realities to try to keep the karmic scales balanced towards good best they can why wouldn't you why wouldn't you right now the futility of this i know dear listener you're saying wait a minute if the multiverses or whatever are in fact (laughs) unlimited and every time they kill one of these people they pop up another screwed up potentially multiverse Is there any point to this? Wait till episode... Well, till issue six. Because that also gets brought up. Perfect. Um, But anyway, the important thing is there's a cat named Moore who was also a Heavy that they were assigned to murder. And guess what? They murdered it. He's the one who made the cum monsters. Nice. Real talk. That is in the book. Um, Problem with that is Moore, being woke as fuck, has gathered an army of... (laughs) Multi-dimensional other Moors, yes, all to avenge his death, yes. <laughs> and so now they are caught in the middle of fighting all these Moors who have been going from planet to planet, just destroying everything, right? Gathering the Moors, building their strength like some kind of reverse version of Dude, the one. I was about gently.
1: to say, I was literally about to say the exact same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, then you're in the right mindset, and so now they're stuck fighting them. So. What do we have to do here? Well, they call up their girl. I want to say her name's Kyle. And she says we have to use the quite literal nuclear option. What is that? Kill yourself. We actually get back to that in issue, in issue six. We also <laughs> Return on that. by death. Literally. So this story is being framed as uh, from Bill. If you could go back and talk to yourself and tell yourself to do something, would you tell yourself to do it? What would you What would you say to improve yourself? You know, would you stop yourself from doing something? Mm. Or would you suggest a different path? Right. Would you, like he says, tell yourself to invest in Netflix? Nice. Like, what do you do? You know, right? And we get these flashes of a car accident, oh. right? This is the existential part of the dumb boys. So, <laughs> what's happening here is. There's only one option. For some reason, all the Moors are here seemingly to kill Bill. There are like a thousand of this guy (laughs) on this one planet Earth to kill our boy. Nice. And so this hierarchy of bureaucratic maybe angels tells Bill that we're just going to nuke the whole dimension. We're just going to get rid of the whole thing, brother. We're just going to just kill the reality and we'll just move on because it's infinite realities, right? And this guy's just causing problems. What? I know, right? And I'm and at this point he's like, Look, that is fucked up. I'm not gonna kill a reality. Like they're like, Look, you're gonna kill billions, but you'll save billions of billions <laughs> And, and is like, that's fucked up. And, this, and the lady quickly reminds him, it's like, look, our job's actually not about saving lives. It's about justice and it's about balance. So if you want hard numbers, then fucking get a math major. Because you're not here for that shit. You're here to try to do the the best we can, you know? Gotcha. And he refuses to do it. Nice. And at which point Slim and him get in a fight, which is great. And he shoots his fucking arm off. <laughs> So Jesus. Slim and him have been kind of getting like, closer and closer. It's been interesting. And there's this great exchange between them that goes on during their fight. But that's also uh, paralleled by a moment when him with, with a flashback of Bill with uh, the girl that they, by the way, both were interested in, both dated. Okay. Um, and he and Bill ended up marrying um, where they're talking about, okay, first of all, I, I also got to mention that Bill says, quote, if you wanted a dreamer, you, pr- you should have probably pursued your real crush, that sexy Grant Morrison character. That's a direct quote. Okay, that's good. Okay? While he's squeezing her boob. Great stuff. Um, but yeah, she talks about how, like, the reality is, like, things, all things end, and that's the nature of things, including life. There's nothing after death. But there are... Things that aren't things in this world. And that's what exists beyond death. Because if there are no things, that doesn't mean there is nothing. So concepts like love and stories and stuff like that, these transcend thinghood, right? Thinghood. And I'm like, wow, we're doing this, huh? And so in the end, we get the hard twist. The countdown's going off. The reality-destroying nuke is about to blow, and our boy has to make the hard decision. Is he going to blow this up by the orders he has, or is he going to decide not to? Third option. He makes a portal into the big weight and blows up Purgatory. I didn't even know that was an option. It it wasn't <laughs> di- disclosed, <laughs> but it apparently was always an option. What do you mean he 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 pushes he throws the port the bomb which is a cell phone into the portal and decides to save the little bit of life that are there because everyone in the big weight is dead anyway so he's going to uh. choose to try to protect life the best he can because fuck this metropolis of death as he calls it wow right he sides with life unfortunately that works out really badly because you can't die in the big weight, is the hard lore. Oh. He just blew up a huge chunk of reality in another reality. So he gets stuck there for a century, maybe? Sitting in a prison cell in another part of the big weight. All right. Because apparently he didn't blow up the whole thing. This has of gone it. off the Completely rails. Completely off the rails. I know, <laughs> I know. And I'm giving you spark notes. <laughs> like, because it's important to know this for what's going to happen in 6. And there's huge, huge, payoffs in 6 that are really That's cool. huge huge payoffs. Right? So, there's this whole fucking bullshit about how the bomb wasn't the problem. The problem was when the bomb. It was magnified because the idea of the bomb... Stop it. <laughs> <became> You, <laughs> you stopped it right there. Yes. <laughs> the trauma of thinking you died for the second time is enough to cause you to stay dead. Um, but usually, the th- big weight brings you back. Now, there's all this fucked up magic stuff. People that are dead can't get in the big weight. People in the big weight can't get out of the big weight. And so it's all jacked up. But Slim is there. And Slim has had some character growth. He's got a sick cybernetic arm now. Okay, I love that. He's doing his whole thing. I know, right? And he comes back and says, Look, we got no more heavies. We got to get together to kind of make things right. Because the karmic scales are jacked up (laughs) since you've done this. (laughs) And so our boy Bill, thinking he has upper hand finally, because they're asking him to do this. He says, Look, I will join you. But we have to... Get the truth. He says, I demand the truth. And so, well, this is when we find out sir. that the concept of climbing the, you know, our, you know, capitalist meritocracy, social, you know, or upward mobility in your economic, socioeconomic platform mm-hmm. is a lie. <laughs> there is no climb. No one climbs, says Slim. Bill's pissed. And he's like, look, I need an explanation. Slim's like, you can get an explanation. And Bill's like, I demand an explanation. Nice. Wait a minute. What? (laughs) And he's like, you'll get an explanation. And he's like, from who? And Slim goes, (laughs) Bill, you've got an appointment with God. Uh, That was five. uh, Right? (laughs) So, the quick and dirty of sixes. Bill is a piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, Alcoholic, terrible temper. He got into a fight with, not a physical altercation, but a fight with his girl. And he decided to drunkenly run out of the house and drive off and ends up getting into a car accident that almost kills a girl. And this is something that sticks with him. Right. Okay. It is like a hugely traumatic problem for him. And he feels like he deserves it because he's a bad person. So he goes off, and this is in his mind while he's about to meet God. He meets God, and God is, in fact, this tiny kid eating sushi, playing playing Half-Life 3, which I find hilarious. Is that... No, it's that's the fabled game we'll never right. get. I was like, wait. But he's God, so of course he's got Half-Life 3. Of course it's Half-Life He's just hanging out. Of course, dude. What else would it be? Of course. So they're hanging <laughs> out, doing the whole shtick. Why would God be an old man? You know, I'm going to be whatever I want. You know, why would I want to be an old man? Gross. Right. So nice. um, Gross. he does this whole thing. We find out that his journey through the, the big weight is not the actual punishment for Bill. And the punishment is about to happen. The punishment comes down to these choices that people have to make that we talked about. And so we throw Bill with Slim into that night where Bill has to, where Bill storms out and almost kills that girl, gets in a huge fight, one of the ones that is the worst in his relationship. And he gets to choose what happens next. But before he chooses, Slim outlines the other realities and set and tries to convince him that that awful night of almost killing that girl and hurting himself and doing all this stuff that might be one of the better outcomes that could have happened. Mm. And he goes on talking about how like he could have actually killed her and then end up in prison in like a max pen like thing, having to fight off skinheads and whatnot. In jail. <laughs> right. Right. Shot collar style <laughs> um, Shot and all this other stuff. There's an interesting reality, though, that he goes into great detail about how if he had not gone, then him and his wife would have banged and end up having a kid and both their lives would have spiraled out of control since they wouldn't know how to deal with the kid. It would have ended up with her going back to Slim and then both ended up ending up dying sad and alone anyway with a daughter who was equally messed up and also addicted to the heroine. Whoa. So, just like that, before our man even gets a chance to go into the house to decide, he now has to choose whether to ruin this one girl's life and is and knowingly set off this whole chain of events is going to lead to him and his wife being killed, or ruin the life of his unborn alternate reality daughter and himself and his wife anyway. Yeah. Right? Because of the whole multiversal (laughs) bullshit. Dude, this is wild. This is a lot. It is a lot. And so our boy, being a genuinely strange but at his core probably good person, decides not to change the course of events. He decides to let himself get in the car accident Mm. and things occur because he's that concerned about the idea of his wife Like falling deeper into drug addiction, going back on the smack, and his daughter also being unloved and uncared for and eventually ending up in doing terrible things too. Right. Because of that potential reality where his wife does all that, he decides against it. And so him and Slim have this really great moment together. They hug it out, and Slim finally does a full-on apology. And, you know, this is a man who is not an apologist. Slim sucks. Yes. Slim (laughs) sucks, even though he looks like Fang Rush. So they go back, and it's like, okay, I'm glad you got through that. God's smoking the fattest J. Nice. For particularly <laughs> no reason, <laughs> it really. He is a fatty. For, yeah, right? And he starts talking about the hard twist of Rooney for the end of our first volume of Heavy, okay? So okay. remember how one of the tropes they talk about is the whole, like, you know, hardened action movie hero sees and talks with his dead wife, blah, blah, blah. You got to get justice for her. And he's like do you think that we have all this reality altering shit? Like I'm an all powerful God and you're just seeing visions of your dead wife. He's like, wait a minute. What? And he's like, you're not seeing anything that we don't know you're seeing man. What? And Slim's like, and everyone's like, Oh no. What? And it turns out that they needed to find a use for that alternate reality smackhead version oh, of his wife. Oh, my And so she gosh. becomes one of those different jobs. They call them Jiminy's. There's like the angel on your shoulder, right? Okay. Like Jiminy Cricket, you yeah. know? Yeah. And to take on the new issues with Moore, that's this guy, they are reassigning his dead wife to join the team of him and Slim. She's... A- but it's the smackhead, crazy drug oh, addict... My- Awful version of his wife, not the version of his wife that he is like imagining and idealizing up in heaven. But that version might not even be in communication with him. Because it seems that the person who's in communication with him was this version of his wife, who is being a a a Jiminy, you know? A a, an advice offering afterlife person. I can't tell if this is a happy ending. I don't know. (laughs) I don't have a clue. Now. (laughs) This is the thing This book does a great And so that's what Actually happens in the book Right of course It's ludicrous It's absolutely absurd What you just Everything you just said For the last 10 minutes Has been insane Absolutely At the core of this book There are three things That really keep me going Okay One It is so fun And ultra violent And all that stuff Love to see that It's continuing to do that And continuing to do a great job Two It's really Genuinely Funny as well. Lots of great pop culture and and gags and good character humor, which is hard to do in comics. For sure. When the only way to establish a character is to draw them and write text. You know, there's no way to convey tone properly sarcasm. Oh, wow. Hell yeah. This is going to be a good segue. Perfect. (laughs) And the final thing is that, like it says in the description, the existential purpose. They do not forget that. Like, as fun as this book always is, they always have some larger thing that they're trying to talk about you know the weight of decisions the importance of the um the things that you do versus the things you don't do and the reality that sometimes the bad things you do aren't as bad as the worst things they could have been right like that's a thing that keeps going through this book is like yeah that is you do bad things but it doesn't mean you're a bad person at your core but that doesn't also excuse them right and bad people will do bad things because they want to do them, and it's not inherently the bad thing that makes them the bad person, it's the desire to do the bad thing. Right. You there's, know?
1: There's a difference, there's a big difference between consistently fucking up and consistently fucking with people. Exactly. A and huge that,
0: difference. And that's where the line is between Bill and Slim. Right. Bill consistently fucks up because he's this tragic idiot of a man who is honestly too smart for his own good Mm -hmm. in the position he is as a gorilla of a human being. (laughs) And then there's Slim, who genuinely just wants to feel good every minute of the day at the expense of all the people around him. Drugs, women, men, whatever he can do, you know, put in or put out of him, he wants to do at the cost of his surroundings. And watching them both grow has been really interesting and then also i don't know if this is supposed to be a commentary but to get back to the thing originally america america <laughs> the idea that he gets put in this position it's like you be a heavy you know you're good at hurting people so we're gonna make you hurt people and we're gonna reward you for hurting people you know you just you keep going you know you, you do the climb man you climb it and you'll make it out of the big way and you'll get to heaven probably you know yeah. a, listen to these bureaucratic like weird folks who you can't really trust you know and they they want you to sacrifice the good of these people for the best of everyone and like it's all okay man because it's the
1: climb listen all you gotta do is write all your mistakes from the past yeah, <laughs> and you can get financial freedom yeah. That's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> easy across you know unlimited multiverses right literally also easy for your children's children also <laughs> yeah. perfect and nothing changes by the way you don't actually die you think you die and then you're not dead because the magic of the bullshit is the thing <laughs> the so magic of the bullshit. we completely remove the pro- like the crushing of a multiverse just for another one to spring up it's just this endless cycle and that reality i think can ring true with a lot of people who are like look i'm putting in my 5 10 50 whatever years right. of trying my damnedest to do this right. and you promised me yep. if i try my hardest and do everything i can if i stay 50 hours and i do the the, you know, the company man mm-hmm. bullshit that i'll get there right and then i don't and right. then no one cares exactly like that then reality, they blow it up and then they and that, <laughs> and that's what happens, and right? And that's exactly what happens when you keep pushing people like yep. that, man. And then they're like, you know what? I'm choosing these people I don't know over this entire <laughs> fucked up system yeah, that dude. I do know because I know it's fucked, and I don't know if these people are fucked yet. Dude, it's it might so be true, but I know this is. And that's heavy, dude. And that nice. and that might be right. Nice. And that might be more than it's supposed to be saying. But art is only partially what the artist intends, and a lot of what the Consumer gets out of it right, and that's gonna be a perfect segue into
1: a uh, new number one from issue. Um, <laughs> ish, ish. Nice <laughs> new number one issue from Image. Gosh, um, I got you from Kyle Higgins uh, on the uh, on the gosh <laughs> writing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Uh, Marcelo Costa on the art, Becca Carey on the lettering, and Rich Bloom on the logo design, which I only have ever seen ever in a yeah. comic book um well because this is a new comic book hero it's very cool yes radiant black i'm talking about a new number one new comic book series from image so i'll obviously a lot of got a lot of people talking especially Cal higgins coming from um his power rangers big expansive power power rangers run along with ryan parrot on on top of like what i said image doing yet another kind of uh niche take on a comic book superhero um uh, trope character i guess so we meet our protagonist nathan burnett okay and all you gotta know about nathan is that he's he's, he's losing he's losing that life right now um <laughs> he wants to be a writer he's living in l.a been trying to get this book deal, you know. This this company keeps telling them like, "Oh man, just send us the book, you know, and we'll 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 get this thing going." And he, you know, he keeps trying to send them the book, but he's not he's not there yet. He can't mm. he can't he can't give him the book yet. You know, he's been trying to give him the book, can't give him the book. Okay. Good. <laughs> he's on. The phone. We open with a, with a his, him being thirty eight thousand dollars in debt. Oh. Uh,
0: <laughs> You're right. More like radiant red. Well, it is is red. Oh, all not right. yet, yeah, dude. There you go. You nailed Easy. it. You nailed it. I'm there. <laughs>
1: uh, so he's on the, he's on the phone with his bank, and uh, they're just like, yeah, man, we can't uh, do do the loan. And he's like, well, well, why? Like, I'm I'm telling you guys, like, the book deal is gonna is going great. The book's gonna be fine. I just need yeah, a loan. Yeah, yeah, the book thing comes through, and they're like, uh, yeah, the whole thing is about this whole loan thing. Is is like the income ratio with your debt ratio. This is this is off. You got too much debt. You know, for your income to get this loan, and he's like, "Yeah, I get that. That's why I need the, the, the loan, loan.
0: So, yeah. because my
1: my income, you know, where my 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 checking and my savings works out is yeah. that you know." And they're just like, "Yeah, we get that, and we we feel bad for you and everything, but our policy, you know, is to fuck you, right?" So, <laughs> <laughs> and while all this is happening, he's on the phone with them. The people knocking like on his like car window, and I'm like, I'm reading like, what the
2: hell is going on
1: here? He's driving Uber. Uh, You're driving Uber, and the people are just like, hey, man, like this is like a bad time for you? And he's like, no, it's, just, it's fine. Everything's fine. Can't be a bad time when it's all bad. Dude, and that is what Rayleigh in black is starting to feel like. Um, he says <laughs> one week later, he has moved back home um, to Lockport, Illinois, which... Sounds Ooh. terrifying uh, Gotta be a real place that somebody
0: Hates just to, yeah, <laughs> to right. Be in this book like Battle, um, Creek. Is Battle Creek Michigan? Battle yeah. Creek, Michigan Battle Creek, Michigan Shout um, out to Big Dave <laughs> So he yeah, he
1: moves back home. His uh obviously his uh mother is super excited about him being back home. Sure. Uh, she's like, oh like I'm so happy to have you back. And he's like, mom, like it's not supposed to be like a good thing. Like I'm <laughs> like like I'm, I'm like living at home. And he's like, yeah, but like you're just doing what you've been doing anyway. Like you're working on your book. Just just here, or <laughs> I can spend time with you. Uh. And he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he's meeting up with his with his homie. Uh, you know, I looks like a old friend. You know, not really up to any good. I can't. I can still can't read his shirt. His shirt says Crisis Something. Oh shit! Right. Um, and like I like I said, like uh, he discloses he to his friend, like, "Hey, man, and a bunch of credit card debt." And his friend's like, "That's a lot of credit card debt. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty good chunk." Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that I thought another should need some help. Like this is this is this is a problem. <laughs> Uh and then they're um they're going to they're going through their shit. And he reveals to him that uh that there's no book deal. It's been a book it's uh, been a quote unquote book deal for four years. Damn. Now. You know, he says, like, you know, man, I don't even know what I'm I'm really writing about at this point. I don't even know if I even give a shit about this book at damn. at this point. Um I just don't know like where to where to go from here. Uh and then they walk out in the bar, they're pretty drunk, and they just find like this little, I can only describe it as this little singularity. Yeah, dude. Some sort of radiant black. Oh man, <laughs> you nailed it. And they're literally like, huh, wonder what uh this could be. should touch it. I'ma touch it. Absolutely. Touches it, goes it- full sin. Nice. Send, it's morphin' time. I am the black radiant ranger. <laughs> Voila. Looks cool as hell. Looks super cool. And we do the whole thing. He's like, "Holy shit, what's going on? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm covered in this thing. Like, like what what what, 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 that." And his friend's like, "Yo, we can do stuff with this. We can go places with this. Like, let's, let's, let's start figuring this out." And this guy's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I'm covered in a thing." <laughs> <laughs> um, police comes by. They're like, "You guys causing some kind of ruckus over here." To the person dressed in the fucking right, yeah. <laughs> alien, alien looking suit, yeah. superhero suit and this guy just goes full like fuck the police and he's like you can't tell us where to fucking go man like, no. we, like this, this is a free country bro and like I do like i'm reading I'm like wait whoa wait, what whoa. a choice to make in the moment right and it's, this boy is like what are you doing <laughs> the cops are like yo these are like private train tracks like you like can't be here right now and he was like well tell the owner of the property to kick me off good lord And am like this dude sucks um and but while they having this conversation a literal train is coming at them right so they're like kid what are you doing like you're about to get hit by a train being a fucking dipshit homie stops the train with his like radiant black power. If you don't know what they are he starts levitating shit
0: sure as and one he, does
1: right he's got the train he's got all the cars he's got he's got everybody's got the boys and uh his boy's like this means you can fly right i, I just gotta mean you can fly um uh, so they fly away but before uh his friend's like hey cops we'll let you go if you probably have to do anything to us and the cops were like, that's extortion. You can't, cops. That's, that's, that's also a crime. <laughs> Racking them up. Right. And the guy's like, well, pff, fuck it. And then they eat off. <laughs> and uh, he's still trying, he's having some trouble with the suit. Uh, his friend's like, just, well, how'd you, how'd you lift the stuff? And he's like, well, I just thought about it. So he's like, just think about the helmet being off. And he was like, oh. <laughs> Gotta have that friend. Right. So it's apparent that nathan isn't the brightest fella no you know and uh he's clearly susceptible to almost any form of influence (laughs) yeah uh so they're going through a whole spiel and they're like and he's like i don't know what to do about this man and his friend's like listen we can do whatever we want and he's he's doing the whole like kind of noble thing but also like kind of scared grounded thing saying no, you're being a piece of shit. Like, like back with the cops, that was kind of shitty. I don't want to do, like, the whole, I can do whatever I want, so I'm going to do whatever I want thing. Let's, like, try to figure this out. And he's like, dude, just, like, just relax. We can we can figure this out because the last thing we got to worry about is anyone else even having to, like, being able to touch you. Right, yeah. And then we go to the end of the book and we meet someone else. With the suit, with but a, a different color? Yep. Some kind of radiant red uh, Lord. suit or or something, and that's how it ends. Shit. So it was fun, but this is what I will say because there was a lot of hype about this book. Yeah, I saw
0: all kinds of stuff about it. Big
1: hype going into this book, and while like I said, while it was fun, I don't know there was there was there was something about it where um I feel like, and obviously it was number one um thought i feel like I've treaded this water before. Thought like we've treaded this water a lot. Like mm. it it's it's getting real hard to detach this from the uh, you know the Peter Parker-ish kind of kind of vibes. You know what I mean? Like while it was fun reading and obviously it was a fun read, it definitely felt predictable like while I was reading. Like for example, mm. the most fun I had reading this was talking to you about it like just now.
0: Oh, nice. Like
1: I was like I was, uh, no problem. But not <laughs> good. Right. Um but, like but while I was, just... <laughs> while I was reading I was just like okay. Okay, this is fun. Okay, I get this. Mm. All right, but like you know, explaining it to someone who is not not familiar and like kind of going through the things like that's fun. But like when you're reading it, nothing about it is like I just like went on to the next book after it. You know what I mean? It right. You didn't, it didn't feel, take a minute. Like I didn't, I didn't feel yeah. like this is like the next big like radiant black like the image comics new superhero invincible kind of right yeah right because this is what i'm only saying this because this is what this is this was marketed to me as
0: Mm, Uh, expectations will kill you man
1: i am speaking strictly as a consumer um and in this particular instance because as a comic fan i like this like you just heard me fucking giggle my ass off talking about this sure it's fun right but like if you were someone who were like who was like oh man I got to get a bunch of copies of fucking Invincible Number One because this is about to be the new hot shit and you left a little disappointed I also get that because like you know it wasn't anything overly nuanced compared to the kind of mm. superhero tropey stuff that we've seen before gotcha like uh like this compared to the first issue of Stealth which I talked about you know ad nauseum sure. of course levels <clears throat> completely different levels
0: mm. well I could tell you on a similar note actually. Of a thing i i liked and i wanted to like more than it was okay but there's there's also promise in it um yeah. alor what a name alor tucker um with vault comics presents hollow heart mm. um we've got oh yes paul tucker doing paul wait hold on a second it's alor and tucker this alor is not his first name I, someone kill me dude it's Paul Allor and Paul Tucker. I think
1: this broke some kind of record or something. I might have been... Really? I think it was Vault's like fastest selling number one or something like that.
0: So this cover's amazing. <laughs> this is our fourth, if we don't include <laughs> all the issues of Rogue Planet. Right. This is our fourth cover of Skeleton in Spacesuit. Nice. And we find out that this is not really a spacesuit per se. It's a suit with a skeleton man in it. But um, that's right. that's the, what really matters here. That was on the cover. Exactly. <laughs> but what's with that? <laughs> Paul Aller presents. <laughs> um, so we start with this whole thing with a frame, with a story, a frame story about a fish and a boy and how this boy, when he has a fish at home, the fish tank was too small and um, couldn't get the larger tank, even though he begged his mom and his father. Uh took the fish to the end of the, to the edge of the woods and dumped it on the ground so the fish could be free. Of course, kid realizes what happened too late. Oh well, fish dies. right. Then two weeks later, the fish comes back. And this story is being fr- this story is told by an unknown narrator framed over the... Uh, what's interesting is it's a chase scene with a man in an orange jumpsuit and its some kind of stun gun looking thing and prod. And at first, I didn't realize what was happening. He's chasing down the suit. He's chasing down the the skeleton in the suit. I thought the skeleton was chasing him. I thought he was defending himself. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Because when you see over him, it's like, oh, he's like that. But it's it's because he caught up and tries to electrocute it. This suit, which we refer to as L, because that's what it says on the chest. Okay. Probably L, but they call him that. <laughs> sure. Um... They catch him and apparently he's been running away multiple times. He's trying to escape. So it's kind of reversal. You see this big scary suit and you think sci-fi monster kind of thing. No, yeah. you have this thing that's trying to escape. Um, so the story continues that, you know, this kid, the, about the kid and the goldfish. Mm-hmm. The fish is back and the other kids are like, well, obviously your parents bought you a new fish. You know? And the kid was like, "Why would they do that?" And so the finally he catches this thing and starts just kind of beating the suit up. <laughs> okay, seems excessive. Yeah. And then we have this picture of the fish okay. in a bowl, and I'm like, "Okay, we're gonna do we're gonna do this kind of thing, do right? thing, Extended metaphors, right?" So we're introduced to a mechanic who comes <laughs> in, Mateo, and he's taking care of the man in the suit. Man in the suit is starting to look less scary and starting to look more sad. Oh, okay. right. Got and so he's too. fixing them up. He starts kind of trying to talk with them. Elle doesn't want to talk back to him. And then eventually we find out, um, there's like this burgeoning relationship between the two of them. And Elle decides to kind of open up a little bit because no one has ever said that they respect his opinions and the fact that he doesn't want to talk. Right. So we have this like cool work letter work here to show the difference between the voices and stuff. Um, it kind of looks like it looks like a synthesized robotic voice yeah. and then he goes on to talk about that's why he doesn't like it. It says it's grating and synthesized and it's artificial. And the tail is like we can change that. Dude, we can help you get better and yeah. and the L's like seriously? Like you you can do that? Like you will do that for me? And he's like, oh, you can't escape again. And then we see the saddest skeleton eyes I've ever seen. Gee, I don't know how that's possible, but that skeleton is depressed. So depressed. And so he goes over and he pretends to shut off the camera in there so they can have a more private conversation. Okay. And then it starts talking about, we have the same uh, narration framed, like little square boxes, dialogue bubbles. And it's talking about Mateo now. And we find out that... Mateo was the one um, who was, he was the one questioning the the boy's parents. Okay. Not the boy with the fish. Okay. This is here. But he would no, also never question why the boy's parents bought him a new fish. Um, then we have a scene here to kind of fill out Mateo and some other people. We find out we're in like a city. We're right. not like, this isn't as crazy removed as we thought it was. Because okay. initially, I mean, we see in some really great art, Mateo working on the organic sides of this giant suit. Yeah. Which literally looks like a huge chest cavity with organic tissue, bones, and material. But there's also wires and cables and small bits of technology in a work to right. it. You right? assume
1: this is a pretty advanced Absolutely. You know, society. Absolutely.
0: That's the, all the implications of it right up until he's getting drunk in a bar, <laughs> talking to other people he works with, meeting dudes on Tinder, <laughs> and then going <laughs> off to hang out with Thomas from Tinder nice. at his place. Wait, wait, what? Right. Wait, what is oh Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So we're doing it, you know?
1: Wait, what? Wait.
0: He's just. Mateo is banging dudes. No, I meant like. I know. It's a hard switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also was like, wow, we're in a bar now, and this man is on the Tinder machine. Respect. That's Respect hilarious. the game. Um. But yeah, we start. We keep the narration going, talking about broken bodies and all this interesting stuff, and it's starting to seem like the narration is talking. Ugh, it's trying to grab in a lot of things at once, okay. and while we're doing that, we have this hard shake. And of course, watching like watching Mateo and everything, I'm not nearly as invested in Mateo as I am with Elle at this point. Gotcha. But we see that while he's going through this whole sexual experience all he can really think about is L and that's when he makes the decision. He's going to help L and he decides to help him potentially to escape. Okay. But again, we don't, Mateo doesn't seem to be working against the people who are employing him. And this is where it kind of gives me this interesting, um, shape of water vibe,
1: uh, you know, but instead
0: of the, the chick housekeeper, you know, fall in love with fish it's Mateo, the engineer fall in love with robot boy. Right. Um, and so he does this sad thing where, you know, he's like the robot is starting to actually trust him and he thinks that he might actually help him. And I'm like feeling so bad for the skeleton man in the suit. And he's he's having trouble trusting, but he's just like he has no choice but to do it. And so Mateo's like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to create a problem in your suit. It won't hurt you, but it'll give me an excuse to come back. Right. And L won't talk. El won't say it, but he's in like excruciating pain. And he talks, the narrator's talking about how he's willing to deal with it because it's a small price to pay for any kind of kindness that he can get. Gotcha. And then it talks about screaming and how sometimes you scream in vain and you feel alone and you die alone, desperate for connection. And then other times when you scream, you try to stifle it to hide your voice from the people who, because you don't want to see how they would respond. Gee. I know, right? And so you just see this poor... And that's all happening over the top of this, again, very sad, pained robot. He falls over once Mateo leaves in agony. And yeah, the final bit is literally talking about the screaming in vain. It says, but imagine a world where everyone can scream and be heard. And it's L in pain. And it's like, wow. Okay. So, good things. I would die for L. (laughs) You know that's good Good Um, amazing work with character design with his writing with the way it's all handled right amazing job um mateo is a vehicle for which i feel empathy towards l right that's a little less great um because obviously that's going to be something important to it also don't have a clue what's happening um (laughs) there isn't even the shred of a plot here the, the loose idea is maybe Mateo is going to help El escape. He has made many attempts to escape. Oh, something I forgot. He he makes his attempts to escape, but he actually also knows that if he ever successfully escapes, he'll die. Oh. So he's kind of like doing the whole thing where it's like, I need to do this because I know it's what I want. But I know if I ever succeeded, I would just die anyway. So he, he acts into the futility of his actions because the actions I think keep him sane at some level gosh gotcha. if he doesn't take the action he resigns himself to his fate and then he's then he really dies wow you know the idea of death from escape is less scary than death by just forfeiting his own will right and that's why l is the best character of 2021 <laughs> um, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> I'll definitely read the next Hollow Heart. Nice. Um, this is really quite good in those ways. Mm. I need a plot or else this is going to go nowhere. Gotcha. You can't. I, the characterization is so good that I want to believe there's a plot coming. Right. But again, it's hard to suggest per se to someone off of that. There's a lot of people who would I, I would normally suggest a lot of stuff towards. And I think they would read that and go, okay, that was interesting. And then move on. They would never think about mm, it again. Okay. You know? Just kind of like with Radiant Black, where it's like, okay, cool. And then you move on. Right. Exactly. Now, it the L thing struck me a little bit, you know, existential dread <laughs> of a 20-year-old man. Right. It's just there. It hits different. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but for some people that are more mentally healthy, right. they would be like, oh, this is very sad, and then move on. Um, But I'll need more. I need more than just sad. Right. So I get that. What do you got? How many more you got over there? I have two, but... They're uh, are a combo, they're okay. a package deal, and I'll cut through them quickly. Okay, no, so. well, I'll I'll
1: do I'll do my my yeah, two. Yeah, please do,
0: and then we can we can finish off with perfect. With that well, you're gonna want to do that
1: <laughs> because this is this is too much. Right, That's, we've I, gone over the line. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, this is from AfterShock, uh, from Stephanie Phillips and Tony Shastine. Woo! Right, the, uh, big Steph fans, so I smash Steph. Um, called Nuclear Family. Oh, cool. I remember talking about this one. Yes. Cool cover. Um, this one, short, uh, I'll be short and sweet about it because it was pretty short and sweet, to be honest. Um, but it's almost exactly what, what it sounds like. It's exactly what the description was nice. telling you. Right on the tin. Um, we meet Tim McLean. <laughs> that, Beautiful. That, that's his name, baby. Beautiful. And we're in, like uh, I guess, what, the, the, the 60s Cold War era. Cold mm-hmm. War times. Yep, 50s, 60s. Um and he's working at uh Bob's Used Cars. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to talk to a couple. Um, he's trying to get him into this car. They start grilling them about it, like look at the mileage, like yada He's like, "Hey man, I'm trying to get you in this car. What do I need to do to get you in this car?" <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally, then his homie comes out, actual you know salesman. is like, "Yo, Tim, like." What, what, what are you doing walking around here? Don't you, you know you're supposed to be inside? I know you got some shrapnel still on your leg from Korea. Oh, nice drop. Um, and Tim's like, "What are you talking about?" Oh, and then the guy's like, "Korea, you are a serviceman? So am I. Easy. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean to hassle you about the price. Easy, you're an honorable man. I'm willing to pay a fair price to an honorable man." And then. <laughs> uh, Tim goes over to his boy. He's like, "Dude, why'd you drop the Korea line, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) bro?" Not not cool. To the guy, he's like, "Yo, dude, we were we were in Korea." He's like, "Yeah, dude, working the radios." He was like, "Yeah, but like you know, we were in Korea. Like we saw some shit, nonetheless." And he was like, "Yeah, we did see some shit." Then it gets like kind of like somber for a second. Um, and then they get like <laughs> <laughs> obviously not to make light of it, but it was like it was it was interesting the way you know their their interactions go. Right. Kind of shows you the the numbness to it. Um, mm-hmm. in that particular instance, so it leads you to believe that Tim's kind of this guy who just like, "Yeah, man, I was in Korea. Like I was fucking over it. You know, let let us let's move on. Let's get on with my life, right?" turns out Tim has moonwalker co- from Korea not over at all loves the radio. <laughs> uh,
0: is that a little ham radio in his basement. Even better.
1: In his basement is a rather extensive setup Hell yeah. of like satellite radio like like intercepting equipment. Like this man oh. is in the shit. Okay. Okay, healthy. He, oh, not healthy. At all. <laughs> you but, need a hobby see, but hobbies help. Someone. <laughs> Tim. Well, the, well, Tim's about to help a lot of people, because what this is what happens. Hmm. The, he comes home. He's chilling. He's listening on the, on the radio, like he usually does when he comes home. His wife's like, you know, dinner's ready, and he's like, ah! <laughs> Wife. Wife. My wife. He's like, I spend time with the children. He's like, ah, nah, the radio. <laughs> my radio. But honey, <laughs> the radio. Right. Um, so Tim, I love Tim. Tim's crushing it.
0: Yeah, I get it. It's resonating. <laughs> uh,
1: so he's trying to pick up something on the radio, but then he starts hearing like sirens, like, like in real life. Mm. <laughs> so he goes, oh, no. <laughs> this, this, this ain't it goes outside and uh so it goes upstairs sees his wife wife was like what's going on they're testing the alarm system he was like i don't know about the testing her. so he goes outside and he sees shit going down big explosion grabs his neighbor he says yo go 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 to your basement do whatever you got to do fine get your family like you got you gotta go okay he goes back home, grabs his family. It's, it's hectic. His family's like, what's going on? Is, this, is it a drill? He's like, this is not. <laughs> this is not a drill. You guys have been calling me crazy yeah. since, <laughs> since then. This is the moment we've been training for, family. This is, <laughs> this, this is why we do the drills, team. Yo. <laughs> um. And there's this crazy shot of uh, the bomb in this panel outlined in red, and then the big explosion kind of like fuzzy and phasing here. Shout out to Tony Shastin. Um, not familiar with uh with his uh, with his art. Um but this book, like it it was he has an interesting style. Um it's like this kind of like I'm not even gonna pretend to know the art words to describe this. But I like how it's kind of fuzzy, but the faces are real expression-y yeah
0: whatever whatever that is yeah i see what you mean they're very expressive faces yes yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: like the like the shadows are real dark where they need to be and like yeah. and the angles are like you know Eli, even like that's still right there him just like looking back there's like the, like the dynamism
0: in it you know yeah it definitely is very it's very clear it's not exaggerated but almost feels exaggerated in the way that it depicts like it depicts emotions on a level that it's clear without text right you could probably read a lot of that book without having to read a text bubble and know what's going on.
1: Yeah, there's actually which this, is good. That's good art. There's one scene right here where there's like very little text. You're saying like one word things, but like you you know like when you're reading, you can feel him like coming up the yeah. stairs, like figuring out what the, you know, what the fuck just happened. Like what am I about to walk into? Yeah, he walks into the wild shit, and by that I mean almost nothing except for these people dressed in like full tech. Mass gear, saying, not another step commie. Yo. And that's where it ends. Slam. So Tim's got a Tim's got some, some explaining to
0: do. Yo, Tim Tim's
1: got a world of shit. <laughs> Tim's for real though. Tim's in a world of shit. Uh hard transition. Big world of shit in this next book I'm about yeah. to talk about. Uh, this was this one also a good one, right behind Ink Blot <laughs> for for uh, pick of the week. Yeah, uh, Fear Case number one. I want to I want to talk about this one for sure because Fear Case number two comes out this week as well. Ah. Um. So I was a couple weeks behind on this uh, part of the backlog, but this is from uh, Dark Horse with Matt Kent, who we mentioned before, nice. co-writing uh, Berserk Bers- along with our boy Keano, uh, and art by Tyler and Hillary Jenkins oh, from cool. uh, King of Nowhere, yeah. along with uh, Maxwell Prince, uh, which we were big fans of. And this is doing all the things that you guys know that I like by now. Is the buddy cop series, uh, you know, as a mystery going on. We're following our two protagonists, and they're you know they're working the case. So I'm a, I'm already there. I did I had no idea this was happening. It chose me. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't pick these things purposely. Uh, but even even better, I and I could be completely subscribing this. So this could be my head cannon. But I have convinced myself that these are like these weird watercolor versions of uh, a grizzled Martin Lawrence and Will Smith from uh, Bad Boys. (laughs) Yeah. That's just how I'm going to read the rest of this. That's a good energy Uh, to apply to this. um, But they they have a great relationship. So big thing in fear case. That's the case. Fear. Whoa. But it is called the fear case. And the case is a literal
0: case. Oh, no. It's a it's like a it's like a holding vessel. Yes. For fear. Maybe. Uh. Okay, this sounds like seven secrets. Okay. And, and okay. this book, The of Truth, Okay. I, it's all coming together. Okay, I'm just gonna skip to my tenfold hat and I'll come back to the story. Okay, love it.
1: Tenfold hat theory. Priority. This is going to, to cross over with seven secrets. Oh shit. In crossover. Because this is a dark
0: horse Oh one. my god. This is a
1: dark horse book. And seven secrets is is a boom book. And crossover is obviously an, an image book they're doing the whole thing, and this is a case, dude, that's that is the deepest lore that we don't know what's in it yet, yeah, so I, you know and there's a bunch of cases in, in Seven Secrets, and we don't
0: know what's in them yet, dude, and that whole conspiracy is in Department of Truth. <laughs> 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 uh, but back to back the to Fear case, so
1: <laughs> the, they work for the Secret service um. And they're kind of giving the, the spiel to this rookie. And it's like, so when you come on the Secret Service, you work the fear case. Um, Yeah, you and your partner work the fear case for a year. Okay. And then you're off of it. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we've been working the fear case forever. Like, you know, we, we first learned about it around World War II, but we've been hearing about it like millennia before that. But the first like true sighting was in World War II. And the guy's like, wow all right <laughs> and they were like yeah man like uh so we had to limit the the time we're on it to a year because the people who were working it so much were fucking you know losing it they didn't say oh lord <laughs> <laughs> so this will be i think they said in uh three weeks we'll be done and then you know then it will be your problem but don't worry about that because we're gonna solve it and the guy's like uh, all right, <laughs> I don't <laughs> really know what you guys are like talking about, but like I'm happy to you know be here. Um, so from there we get into more into their um their uh relationship, which is awesome. So uh, they're like, hey man, like <laughs> we're coming up on our on our anniversary, you know, uh, with uh, in, in three weeks it'll be a year since we started working the fear case together. It's like, yeah, I got you, I got you a little something. And one of them gets them like this uh this book by philip verge who i don't know is a real artist or anything but it's this book about like uh multiple realities and how we all have each we, ha- we all have a different reality that we can potentially communicate with and travel to to an extent that it can help inform ourselves and we can help inform our multiple multiversal selves and the guy's like yeah man you're fucking crazy he's almost as crazy as whatever that book was and the guy was like yeah man it's also crazy how you fucking found this book like this book hasn't been printed in like, you know, who who knows whenever. Um, like, where'd you get this? It's like, don't worry about it. You know? Nah. Yeah. This is, is, this is a gift from me to you. Um, and the guy's like, oh, I didn't get you anything. I didn't think you were like a, a gift kind of person. Right. Um, and he's like, I'm not. You don't have to make this weird. I just got you that because, you know, I thought about it. Uh, and the guy's like, you know what? I lied. I got you a gift. Check, uh, the- <laughs> no. check the glove box. They um, check the glove box, and there's two tickets to this opera nice um and the guy's like wow dude like this is awesome but you got me two tickets to the opera like what do you mean it's like my real gift to you is like me going with you um and he's like dude you know if you fall asleep they're gonna they're gonna kick you out (laughs) he's like don't worry i'm gonna drink a lot of coffee um so all that was to inform us that they've clearly started off on opposite ends or whatever worlds they came from yeah and overworking this fear case have become the best of friends who are willing to engage in each other's you know Pageantries, content, experiences, right, they, cool, cool. They they've done the whole they've done a the whole vibe together. Back to the fear case. Oh yes. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. Fear case. You get it. You got the case. Yes. A literal it. case. Right. The actual case. The vessel. The vessel. Okay. The thing. Uh you got three days huh? to give it to someone you hate. Okay. What happens? Or
0: you you curse the one you love. What? This the the Secret Service is doing this? Yeah. They're looking into this. Yeah. Into this case. Yeah. The physical vessel. Yeah. Of the fear. Mm-hmm.
1: So their particular version of the fear case started off with this woman. And this woman like, yeah, my ex-boyfriend dropped it off to me. I was chilling at home. He's like broken or whatever and said, you get everything that's coming to you. Blah, 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 blah. And they told her the rules. Like, give it to like the person you hate in three days or you know what, don't open it and all this blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and she's like, okay, yeah, sure. I put it in my fucking room and like, you know, forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The same thing to do. Right. And then she said she opened it. Right. And then when Not she opened seen. it, it like like compelled to her. It was like, you need to give this to the person you hate in three days. Or I'm gonna take the person you love away from you. Like straight up. This isn't a game. This isn't your ex boyfriend fucking around with you. <sighs> this is this is real life and you need to you need to act. Okay. And she said I tried to pretend like I was just like seeing shit and I was just like doing whatever, but like after I saw that, I actually started seeing shit. So she was having problems with her husband. Like they're not, They weren't working out. She's he's cheating on her. And she's like, I started to envision myself murdering him, which was something I would never do. I'm, like, I'm not that kind of person like at all. But after mm-hmm. looking at this fucking case, mm. now I want to fucking kill my husband. Jesus. So <laughs> one night he comes home and she's just like, you know what? I've had. It. Here's the case. Gives him the fear case. And he's like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? She says, give it to someone you hate in three days, or the person you love the most is gonna be cursed. Don't open it. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. I'm not here for your bubblegum bullshit. Nice. And he opens the case. Typical. And, long story short, our protagonists find him in a hall, well, first they find her, the woman, in a pool like an actual pool with blood in it with a knife just standing there just like standing there like blank right jesus then they find the man like in like a like a staircase hallway type setup like like body limp organs gone skin full of glass chest cavity exposed oh my god and they're like what the hell happened here, lady? Yeah. What's what's going on? And she's just like, I don't know. Like, I remember what happened. I remember giving him the case. I I remember him opening it. And now I'm kinda here. And that's the end of the book.
0: Well, that's a lot.
1: I like this. I like that's, this a lot. That's good.
0: No, I, I'm I am compelled. This is uh, this that is the kind gripping. of shit
1: that I'm into. I had a fun time reading it. The art, Tyler sure. and Hillary Jenkins. Tyler does the uh, the illustrations. Hillary does the uh, the coloring. And boy, does this feel exactly like King of Nowhere?
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> but that, that's what I like. <laughs> like it was awesome. The watercolors um, are, are amazing. The that kind of. Dreamlike, sketchy but kind of fantastical surrealism is still there mm-hmm. um without you know the the subject matter of king of nowhere but i still feel like the the, the whimsy um if right. you will yeah um contrasted by the kind of like darker color palette that has been chosen and the kind of sketchier uh drawings as well this is a fun book i i would i definitely suggest this uh if if you're in for a mystery story, if you want a fun uh kind of sketchy kind of story, someone something to kind of make you make you think, make you wonder about, definitely pick a fear case from Matt Kent Tyler Hillary Jenkins from Dark Horse.
0: Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, huge fan, honestly. And I was kidding, but it does give big Department of Truth vibes oh, with yeah. the whole like grounded. Grounded, <laughs> so, you know, um, organization that we typically we associate with very real duties in, right. in this world and then throw in a massively strange, un, um, unexplainable, yep. powerful object. Mm-hmm. And like, go, well, make make sense of this world, you know? Yep. And that is very much that's part and parcel of the Department of Truth. Right. So um, we've got James Tenney in the fourth. Martin Simmons, Adida Bidikar on lettering, and then Design by Dylan Todd. Because I'm sure there's actually a lot of that, actually, that they do in this (laughs) weird ass book. So, we got the double dose of this. This is five, okay? So, I'm going to kind of move through this at a pace because there is a lot, just like with Heavy, there's a lot that happens here. Gotcha. Um, It opens with Ruby, who is his um, partner. Right. And she is exploring in this area. She's trying to find out more about Black Hat. That's the organization that we've kind of seen time after time running in and doing... They're spreading this disinformation. They're trying to sow these seeds of dissent with the conspiracies. They're the ones who sent that woman all the false information about her kid who was in the school Mm. shooting. They're also the ones who we find out took... Cole on his initial journey oh. in the plane to the edge of the oh, world okay well shit right <laughs> so she's there looking it up and you know she's going through stuff and count cal- calmly gets into a, a battle with a reptilian you know the the reptiles that oh. wear people's skins to they right. control of the economy and shit like that you know she talks to them and it's like don't listen we're underneath your city because we hide in human skin and she's like no you aren't no you don't shoots it it's like, I'm done with this shit. Nice. But then she's like, this is strange though. Like, there's like a real power here. There shouldn't be this many of these things. Right. Like These aren't real. And I'm like, okay, this is how the rules are in this shit? Like, we're just like, we can, it, it's kind of interesting because now they're like manifesting forces to stop each other. Right. And kind of like we talked about earlier in the last issue where we're like, oh, you know, Department of Truth itself could be a Tulpa idea right. that has manifested to combat conspiracies in itself being a conspiracy. Right. She's fighting off reptilians. Ruby's just as much potentially a foot soldier mm. manufactured as this idea. Whatever. doesn't matter, <laughs> but that's a possibility now because of this kind of thing. And so we find out that B- black hat murdered all these people in their own facility oh. to try to keep secrets okay. from them. And what does she find inside of here? A manila folder marked Cole Turner. (gasps) Bum, bum, bum. Are you fucking kidding me? But Cole Turner's nowhere around, right? He is trying to deal with the murdering of those two completely innocent people. (laughs) Right. Right. I forgot that's how this started. You know? um, So Lee Harvey (laughs) Oswald. So Lee Harvey Oswald. He's like, take a few days, son. You know, you murdered those people. You did the right thing, though. And so he's kind of wandering through life, beautiful art, which actually, again, is kind of reminiscent of the the King of Nowhere, that very ethereal, dreamy, undefined, but emotional art that you love to see and fits so well with this. He has a brief conversation um, with, I want to say he's married... um, to to Matt. Okay. I'm not sure if they're married or if they're just I dating. I remember they right had a or, relationship. Yeah. They're definitely yeah. they're living together. So right. I'm assuming they're married. But have a brief conversation. Remember he's in play. He's doing his own thing. He's doing all right. But he's worried about his husband, partner, whatever. Right. Gets home. Cole is just reeling from having to deal with this. He's seeing things. You know, he's seeing the dead. He's like replaying it all in his head. He sits down at the table. Vomits. He's having a rough time. He's like, man, could this get any worse? Nice. And then there's a voice. says... You're Cole Turner Like Not are you Cole Turner Like you are Cole Turner Right And he's like Oh boy Like who are you Why are you in my apartment He introduces himself as Martin Baker And Or Martin Barker Excuse me No clue who that is Cole's like who the fuck Because am I supposed (laughs) to know you Like I just killed two guys Like take it easy And this guy Knows he killed two guys Wait And he refers to himself as the man your boss calls that Black Hat fucker. He is, in fact, the leader of Black Hat, supposedly. Oh, oh. And he's there to talk to our boy Cole because our boy Cole has got the whole thing wrong, man. I'm nice. You got it all wrong. Wow, we're and all our friend Martin Barker is going to tell us is the truth. Okay? okay. And he knows. He knows this is the time to do this. He knows that no one else in the Department of Truth is close by. He knows that he can talk with him and have this one-on-one and give him all the hard lore that he needs to get out, okay? okay. And all he's going to do is tell him the truth. He promises all he's going to do is tell him the truth. And he talks about the platform that's developed over the years for people. Um, about 6% of Americans believe the moon landing's fake. Way more believe that Barack Obama was born in Kenya. Talking about all these things. And, like, Cole's like, these things aren't true. Like, get to the point. I know they're not true. Right. And then this is where the man hits the hard switch up and says, well, you know the real truth about the world is that truth is defined by the majority. It's not – there is no real truth anymore. So why does it even matter, huh? Why does oh, it matter shit. if the moon landing was or wasn't oh, fake? No. Because you know that if enough people do no. it, then that makes it truth. And then this is where Cole's like, well, that's wrong. That's not right. It shouldn't be like that. And he's right. like, well – why? Why shouldn't it be like that? What's the problem? And Cole's like, I don't understand what you're saying, man. And then he starts to go down and talk about the real rabbit hole of shit here with, quote unquote, the first truth. And there's our girl, right? The lady. The lady in the red with the no eyes. The woman in the red dress. And how the game that's that they're engaging in now is one that goes, Way beyond earlier, way beyond the 60s, way beyond all this stuff. Way back deep, deep into ancient civilizations who use this power to play themselves into gods and leaders Mm -hmm. and rulers and stuff like that. Um, And we get a cool little bit of information that actually kind of lines up with that too. I was about to say, 100%. (laughs) Um, That there is, in fact, hard copies of real history. And he says real history as in the history that's around us is not the real history. Right, exactly. But date back to the time when the Allies and specifically the United States was in Europe during World War II, which is kind of, again, a Mm. funny synchronicity there. Um, (laughs) And they have them there. And those things were important in the creation of the Department of Truth. So this first truth is that this is this eternal thing. And the second truth is that the Department of Truth is not some wonderful thing that's trying to squash conspiracy and, and uphold the better angels. Again, with that quote, I don't know why everyone loves that quote, Lincoln. Um, but in reality, it's Wait, just them.
1: There's a Lincoln quote in there.
0: Uh, and here, well, the better angels is like a um, is referring to oh, right. like gotcha. that Lincoln. And I don't know why every comic I've read lately has been talking about the fucking better angels of our. Well, is it right there? It's Oh, there's Lincoln. Oh in here. my God! Uh-uh. You got boxes full of Lincoln. Got boxes full of Lincoln. <laughs> For sure. Um, but in reality, it's not this wonderful thing that's trying to sh- shut down conspiracies to protect people, but just another tool used by the American government to uphold their idea of the West, well, their power structure, their man thing, their patriarchal system of quote unquote democracy. Listen, if you're not you're not reading the literature, if you don't know Dude, what's going on, a hundred percent. And it's hard, you know. This is it, right? This is <laughs> them extending this ultimate horrifying power of majority makes reality to continue their imperialist propaganda and and intent intentions you know and so we talk about that but he goes oh there's a third truth and it's i'm like all right we're getting getting, too much but this one is important and it's the one that starts to fall apart November 22nd 1963 remember when we were talking about how the birth of modern conspiracies started with Kennedy's assassination yes that is indeed what he's referencing yes so with that he doesn't tell them what the truth is he just says that's where things start to fall oh. apart and tells them you're on the wrong side of the fight that you're working in fact with the bad guys that are trying to strangle out the truth he's talking about Lee Lee and the whole department of truth. Yeah, dude. The the idea of this American-led West, this dream that has been dead that they're keeping going like it's a zombie <laughs> and it's real interesting. So he throws in a couple subtle jabs talking about like you got to be careful, I know who your husband is, but you know, I'm not threatening your husband, but like I am. Right. You know one of the, those complications. Exactly. Okay. And he just keeps on diving into the reality that, like, your group is just propagating this bullshit idea from the 70s and 80s about how we have this nostalgic view of this post-war America that was perfect and prosperous and everyone was happy and there was no crime and you didn't have to lock your doors Mm -hmm. and all that shit. And we're trying to keep that going. And your Department of Truth (laughs) is the one who's at the the helm of this lie, Mm -hmm. really. Um, Mm -hmm. and it goes deep. It goes from the biggest levels to the smallest levels and things like the red scares lead into things like the satanic panic and things Mm -hmm. like the satanic panic lead into things like the star faced man. (gasps) And he fucking summons them right there in Cole's kitchen. And he starts (sighs) hitting this, the creepy dialogue. Cole can't handle it. Clearly. Who could? (laughs) Terrified. Um, but then he drops the real bomb that they were watching Cole for this whole time. They wanted <laughs> Cole to be a part of their organization. Mm, all right. And Cole's like, look, I'll kill you, man. I have already <laughs> killed two people. Like, I'll do whatever I need to do. And he's like, look, I know you won't kill me. You could barely even kill the people you killed. It's like, how does he know that? That was like an hour ago. Right. Th- it's all insane. And so Cole asked the hard question. Who's the woman in red? What is she? What does she want? And our man will not tell you. Oh, yeah. But he says that if you get into those archives, you can learn a little more about the world. And that he'll be in touch. And with that, he leaves with the star-faced man right as Ruby comes in. And apparently disappears through an exit that doesn't exist. Perfect. As you would, right? Right. And so... She gets in there to tell him just in time that Black Cat's been watching him your entire life. They arranged the conference and all that bullshit. And it's like, okay, we just found that out. Come on, guys. So you're a little too late. And Cole's like, I don't understand why me. And it's like, nobody knows. We're not sure. And then outside of his apartment, you can see the woman in red is watching. So all of that is like, that's honestly the hardest movement of the plot that's gonna happen for both these issues. Uh fair enough. That's so and it's huge. Yeah, it's big. But this issue is the wilder one. In okay. the in the realest sense. So in this one, do we change up? I think we do have to we have to change up artists. Okay, we do. Oh you know why? Cause look at this art. It's not even remotely. Oh, the same. that's very different. And not only is it very different, but it even gets more very different oh this is wait this is very different it's it's dramatically different so same tinian work but with elsa Charitier on the art and hollingsworth coloring oh because this is the beginning of an arc basically well this is this is the i believe the beginning it's issue six so it's either the ending of this intro or the beginning of something i think i think it's the beginning because i think one through five i've already been collected okay that makes sense yeah so that makes sense as an ending this makes sense as a beginning because what we actually have here is the story of Lee Harvey Oswald, <gasps> or at least a part of it, ah. when he gets brought in at dead to the department, <laughs> to the burgeoning department of truth. Mm. Okay? By someone we don't really know who he is. Oh. He puts him in this situation, gives him the hard lore about how people believe he's dead, and it would be easy if he just pretended to be dead and hid here in this massive library, A, eh? mm-hmm. And inside this massive library, which our man was referencing, he wants him to do some hard reading, okay? okay? So some interesting things that's kind of very casually done is um, in, the, in the library, there is a section... That says recovered from the Soviet ministry of lies. What? Mm-hmm. So there's books from all across the world here that he talks about. Uh, important books. Some things that talk about the real truth and some things that aren't the real truth. But all of them depict the reality that people want. Right. You know. So much truth. But the hardest truth we're going to do. We're going to go back a minute ago. <laughs> end of the first millennium. Okay. Um. With a a hidden Inquisition commissioned by Pope Sylvester II, and he's gonna have him read this book. What a name drop! Called I know, right? <laughs> Deviation One Apocrypha. It's all in Latin. So our man gives Lee Harvey Oswald the book to translate it himself. And he's like, "This is gonna this sucks. It's gonna take forever." And he's like, "Good. Like the truth should be difficult. The truth should be something you earn and you fucking work for." And I'm like, "All right, man." <laughs> um. And All then right. Lee Harvey Oswald asked the big question, why him? And he says, maybe finish the book. I'll tell you why you. Interesting. And so we start Lee Harvey Oswald's translation of this apocrypha book. And it starts off pretty hardcore. There's a monk and there's the lady in red. Are you fucking getting me? Right out the gate. he <laughs> his, uh, his wagon wheel is broken. Nice. And he's trying to find a cottage in the woods that has a witch supposedly in it. And she's like, you're close. Keep on going and you'll find it. So she, like, directs him there, and then she disappears. So he goes off and finds this witch in her cabin, Mm. okay? Okay. So they're hanging out, having a conversation, and she immediately knows things aren't right. And she catches it from a bunch of things. Like, it's like, oh, you're pretending to be a monk. He's like, pretending. He's like, yeah, I know you're not a monk because those robes are clean and expensive. Mm. And your hair is cut very nicely. And, like, these, the monks, the order that you swore to join... Um, take vows of poverty. And so there's no way you'd be able to afford something like this. Gotcha. You know? And so it's just like, it's all this kind of like battle of wits between them where they're talking about what they want in big circles. And he's like, oh, you know, I've heard kids come here and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you're a danger to them and you pollute their minds with stuff. And she's like, I don't pollute their minds with anything. I, the kids come here because they want to come here. I tell them all sorts of stories and mm-hmm. they're the truth. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> so they start talking. And she starts dropping the hard, the hard truths about using magic oh, and yeah. stuff like that, because apparently the kids like to claim that she is very, very old, hundreds of years old. And this man's like, "Oh, so you are pagan, right?" And they do some really cool stuff here with the art. So there's Lee Harvey Oswald inside of a you know like a very nicely decorated pea that goes into perhaps. Okay. To kind of keep rem- reminding you that this is this story is the depiction of the story from Lee Harvey Oswald's translations of this book, you know, like gotcha. that's how we're getting this narrative delivered to us. It's right. being delivered from his translations. like third hand, exactly, right. which is very cool. Um, and another layer of the truth, right? So, <laughs> fair enough, yeah. He's going through, and they're having this conversation about political tools, really. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you really here? And she's worried that he's here to hurt her. Potentially to kill her. Mm, okay. And this is kind of when he does make some things known. He, he wants to know more about her. He wants to know if some of these rumors are true. Uh, some of the rumors including her age and stuff like that. And also what people say she is. She says her name is Julia Augusta. The final child of Roman, the last Roman emperor, Romulus Augustus. Who was deposed in 476. Which would make her almost 600 years
1: old. I was about to say, excuse me, what?
0: <laughs> yes. She's supposedly 400 something years old, if she is indeed the granddaughter of this man. <laughs> she says she is. Right. And he's like, that isn't the and case. Right. So, and this is where things get wild. So they start talking about Charlemagne, of all people, the famous Holy Roman. Uh, emperor right. right who unites Europe and does all these great things and mm-hmm. he's got the spirit destiny blah 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 and she's talking about Charlemagne and he's like oh we're going to exhume the corpse of Charlemagne we're going to move him here it's part of a celebration of his works and blah 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 she's like all right sure enough they're talking about she basically calls him a tool here for nothing calls him a knife and a sheath literally like nice. what do you want you want the truth you want to use your brain or you just want to you know do a job right okay And so she's like, he's like, I want he's like, I have a brain. Give me, give me the lore. What's going on? You know? And we get this implication that he is not, in fact, just a knife in a sheath, but he sure as hell kills people. And he travels around killing people. Okay. Dissenters to this truth. Okay. Okay. The power of numbers is what he's after. And what the Pope's after too. And then Ah. BAM, she hits the you do know. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So she knows about this majority rules, bullshit. How, quote-unquote, the ground beneath your feet is not solid, and the belief of people in great numbers shapes the truth of the world. And she keeps on dropping the lore, brings out her own deck, and she's like, look here, I'm going to tell you what's really going on. How Rome overstretched its powers, Mm -hmm. went too far. Brief history of Rome, you know, the whole Constantine-Byzantium split, blah, 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 western-eastern Rome. After that all falls apart, it's just a quick, rapid downhill. Right. You know, we don't need to do that hardcore. Right. But what ends up happening is out of the ashes of Rome is the burgeoning fiefdoms that collectively make up the Holy Roman Empire, right? right? Which is, as I want to say, was Virgil? It's neither holy, no Roman, nor an empire, right? Nice. Hysterical. Nice. Um, but yeah. So... She drops the hard lore bomb that the Pope finds out this knowledge and wants to make the best of it for his world. So, learning how the Romans did that with their own gods and their own beliefs stretching out, he wants to do it in the most powerful way that he can. By not taking the cruel of people, not using a powerful weapon, but by using the calendar. Okay? Okay. And I'm like, Continue. And he's like, "Okay, you think this calendar's dangerous?" And she's like, "You're an idiot." And pulls the knife, pulls the knife on this guy for really n- for doubting her, and that's when she drops the fucking wildest shit, which is definitely a hard conspiracy story. That Charlemagne's not real. Wait, what? <laughs> she says Charlemagne's not real. He's been created in the mold of classic Greek heroes. He's a <gasps> mythical figure to unite these people, to create a shared history centered around this almost Christ-like king who is greater than them all, and it it gives credence, it gives credibility to the idea of the Holy Roman Empire. It gives the Pope power, it gives these people power. Charlemagne's not real. And how do they do that? How do you how do you make up a king? How do you make up an entire dynasty of power and the repercussions of it? How do you make that happen? There's no internet, there's no books and right. shit. So what do you do? You skip time, dog. You skip Ooh. 300 years of time. Are you and that's what about like she a, is saying. Like a dark ages type thing? She says that the Holy Roman Church decided to skip 300 years of time to create a false history to prop up its bullshit to create a nobility and and an outreach and a power structure a history that doesn't exist and so that's why she's not 400 she's only 90 but that's because she was alive when they changed the fucking calendars man right i lost it dude i i completely lost it the church skips time to create a false history and this is where the underpinnings for a lot of this are going to come forward right so she goes on this whole thing about how like what do you think is going to happen huh man she's like i know this guy's fake but what's going to happen when you exhume this body is it an empty tomb or is it a fictitious man's remains you're going to find and prop up those are, those even, they might, you might find real bones. Right. But what the hell does that even mean? Right. How that even happen? What's going on here? Don't you have a problem with that? Right. And then she continues your whole lore, your whole civilization is built on a lie, it's built on this sandy foundation that if people understood the, the reality of it, it would all just crumble. Right. And he is like, all right, slow down. He said, wait. <laughs> yeah, you have gone completely off the rails. And she's like, "Look, we knew the reality. Like we in Rome know what's happening. We spread the stuff too. Romulus and Remus, you know, suckle the tea of wolves to create a society. Absurd. Okay. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, but like we used it for these things at greater good and a few people used it. And they would never do something as egregious as fucking skipping time and rewriting time itself, right? right? You know? And so they have this whole problem. And she's like, but you know what? I know at the end of the reality that you're going to do what you want to do. And I'm going to have to do what I do. And then we're just going to have to deal with that. And he's like, he won't. He straight up won't believe her. You know, he's like, oh, well, how, you didn't how do could this. Yeah. yeah. But she's got the hard receipts, dude. <gasps> she has the literal lore because of the time that people would keep. Her people would keep this time separate from the church's time. Okay. And so she knows because of this, like I said, that she is less than 100 years old and that we have skipped a huge chunk of time. And she says that, you know, you can do what you want to do here. She's like, I know you're going to kill me. I know it's going to happen, but it doesn't matter because even though I'm the end of this Roman bloodline, there are other people all throughout this world through the roman empire through the holy roman empire that are true to this and they know the reality of the big truths that you can shape time tulpa style of the smaller (laughs) truths, of of the ridiculous truths of the time (laughs) skipping all this people know this man we're the enlightened ones she refers to themselves as the enlightened people and so she goes what will you do for me thomas will you tell them we are watching important Because remember, in the first issue, the red woman, the only thing she says to Cole is, did you see it? It's important that you see it. Mm. But anyway, she says, you tell them we're watching. And he says, yes, I'll tell them. She goes, good. They go out to to her garden. They have a brief exchange about how beautiful it is. And then he kills her. And then we see a very shook version of... uh, of Lee Harvey Oswald and he goes the enlightened. Fuck me. And then you can see <laughs> in the script what does it say? At the very bottom in his notes. The enlightened equals Illuminati. What the what the and hell? That's it, dude. I can't believe they actually did it. So black hat, the red the woman in red, the Illuminati. It's all tying together. It's
1: all, you know,
0: and it's based off the greatest lie in Christendom that we skip time to fabricate a to fabricate a whole history to hang a society off of. And there's your bigger conflict, right? I mean, (laughs) you you know, (laughs) now it comes down to there's a group of people who know, quote unquote, the truth and a group of people who want to uphold the status quo. That's exactly what the dude was saying. what Barker was saying in the previous one. Right. Your department of truth wants to uphold the status quo. Whereas we know the truth and we want to share the truth. So now who is the good and bad guys? I mean, Barker, if he gets his way, that is disruptive at the highest level to all the planet. Quite literally. You know? not just America, but the whole planet. But it's the truth. It's the hard truth. But <laughs> like we talked about, does it even matter? And there's a little more like hinting about the woman in red. He saw her and he's like, "Oh, who is she?" And the the grandma was like, "Ah, oh, you like it wouldn't even matter. Like no matter how many lifetimes you live, you won't be able to understand right. who she is." And I'm like, "Okay, well, someone does." And I, I need to. to I need to know. Right. But yeah, it's all coming together in an interesting, very large spanning dude, way here this
1: book got big it got huge <laughs> it that, got real big it went
0: from you know QAnon bullshit conspiracies to you know we fabricated our society right on the deepest level of western history right <laughs> it's good dude no
1: that's fantastic that's absolutely insane the tiny man yeah yet again
0: Oh, uh, he's bonkers!
1: Yeah, it's very, very obvious why this is, was option for a show. Oh, uh, this, this is just probably going to be the show. It is oh. the book right now.
0: Yeah, literally, y'all get on and read this because yeah, you would want, you'll want to shove it in your friends' faces.
1: Yeah, this is probably gonna be pretty hard to beat for for the rest of twenty twenty. Probably, it's
0: and the thing is, it's also exceptionally done. Like it's not only like good ideas, but it's yeah. all written. The dialogue is so good, the pacing is so good, the art is so good. Oh, yeah, it's just like it's one of those things where all parts of the comic book dumb is coming together and telling a story in a way that is so wonderfully comic book, too. And it's really leaning into it. Like the artist change is a great example of it, you know. I was
1: about to say, like the fact that you didn't have a singular negative comment about the mm-hmm. art change, despite nope. how jarring, yes truly eye-opening how you were like this has to be someone else this is yeah this is someone completely different absolutely but it, it works it works super well and it's because I feel like someone like Tynan w- w- will refuse to allow his vision to be uh distorted by something like an art change I Even agree if the art does change to whatever extent I'm gonna make sure it still clearly like tells my vision
0: I agree, and in such a great way. And like, and he leans into it too. That art, as our shift in time and also perspective, mm-hmm. was very clever. And I don't know. I just can't say enough good things about it. It's it's going down. The bigger themes, the more like philosophical themes of of truth and reality in right. our world and in this post fact bullshit that we live in, and then the the more specific micro things of. Cole and his demons dealing with the star faced man. Who is Ruby? What's going really on with Lee Harvey Oswald? Right. Who's the woman in red? Big themes, little story bits. It's all good. Right.
1: This is this is how you tell the, the like dual storytelling. How you oh do yes. Big scope, small scope. You know, literally at at the same time. This is how it's done.
0: Absolutely, I totally agree. So, can't speak highly enough. Well, and now we're caught up on it. So I don't have to do any more double drops. Perfect. <laughs> <Nice>. Good Lord.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, speaking of drops, we'll get into what's dropping this week Woo! for the new books. I mean, we got to talk about it. We talked about it a couple times already. It's here. It's coming. It's a force berserk Duh. by Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent. And wow, look at look at the look at the amount of variant covers for this bad boy. Oh my god. We got Harley Quinn in there somewhere? I don't, maybe in the the second print. Uh but yeah, Matt Rem uh sorry, <laughs> Matt Kent Canter Reeves um and uh Alejandro Vietti on the art. Ryan Kennard on the coloring. So yeah, can't talk about that anymore. We we've, we've been talking about it enough. You guys know what's going on. Uh, fear case number two is out. I uh, just finished talking about that. Oh, this is a this is one of those ones where you're like, ah, definitely should have put this one on the pool, but it'll be alright. New Swamp Thing title. Swamp Thing number one from Woo-hoo! Rom V. The Must Grab. And Mike Perkins. The so that was one of those books that had the same Future State team that will continue on. Um as soon as you may remember, uh Future State Swamp Thing was one of the few future yeah. state comics that I was I'm actually, actually a big fan of yeah, because like a, Ron V got the got the message. He said, Oh, you want me to full send it? Got it. And he said, Swamp people. Swamp Perfect things. Swamp Things. Nosy. But yeah, definitely we'll be checking that out. Um Friend of the Pod, yeah, contributor. Frequent contributor. We'll always support. Uh, whew, this is a this is a biggie. Um We got Infinite Frontier. Oh, it begins. Number zero from Scott Snyder, Brian Michael Bendis, Jeff Johns, Becky Cloonan, Joshua Williams, James Tynan, Philip Kennedy Johnson, Michael Conrad, Joella Jones, with art from Rafa Sandoval, John Romita Jr., Jamal Eagle, Alex Maliv, David Martinez. You get get the Jorge Jimenez. You know who I'm Uh. talking about. The people, Steve Byrne, kind of uh. <laughs> <laughs> the colorists like Brett Anderson, Jody Belair, Tamra Villain. Of course, every single person that DC has cut a check to in the last eight months yeah. is on this book. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> Dan Jurgens, Big jerk. and uh, yeah, it's gonna be Justice League, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Alan Scott, the Teen Titans Academy. This will touch on. Just about everything, 64 pages, it's oversized, it's an all-star kickoff, get ready, it's a fun time, but, but, very few of those books <laughs> will be linking to a counterpart, sorry, very few of those titles will be linking to a comic book counterpart. So those frontier one of those stories like Jeff Johnson is going to be writing whatever story, you know, uh, Venice is going to be writing Justice League, but obviously Scott Snyder will be will not be writing uh, for D.C. this year. Right. Um, as far as we know. Um, and there was another big writer that uh, didn't have an accompanying um, uh, series to go along with the future state. Sorry, the sorry, infinite frontier um, stories in here. So will probably be rather confusing for anyone trying to use this to jump on anywhere. But who cares at this point? Got Demon Days, X-Men number one. This is the writing slash art debut from Peach Momoko.
0: Oh. Yep.
1: This is a uh, five-issue miniseries. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with the Demon Days saga. But uh, it's some kind of reimagining, Peach Momoko reimagining parts of the DC Universe or something like that. So I guess they're just giving her own little playground to play with. Uh, so she'll be doing uh, the art and, like I said, the uh, the writing on that one. So if you're a Peach fan, a lot of people have been waiting for her her um, her solo stuff. So here it is from Marvel. Staying with Marvel, we got uh, well this one. This one I feel like I got to get because I feel like I will this one into existence. Uh, Throwback to our um, uh, Hispanic characters episode where we uh, dove into a couple uh, lesser known Hispanic characters, right? And I brought up America Chavez. Because oh, I looked her up, so she yeah. was a Marvel uh, superhero, and I was like, why don't I know anything about this person? Like, she got a great character design, Seems to have a cool backstory. Some crazy powers. You know, great powers, Puerto yeah. Rican, like, everything about this seems to be in the ballpark of, you know, what what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, <laughs> m- months later, we get a new one from uh, Kalinda Vasquez, who I'm not familiar with, and Carlos Gomez. We'll be doing the art on that. Yeah, who is America? America Chavez is incredible. Uh, this, so this will be about her uh, origins, her strength, the dimension of her character. So yeah, so this is a good jumping on point for anyone who wants to get familiar with the uh, with the character herself, aka me. Hmm. Um, spoke about uh, Scott Snyder for a bit, so we'll jump into his new title also coming out this week. Oh, is it nice? Noctera number one. Nice. Got to check that out. Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniels on a big fan. New, yep. New series from Image. And it's almost exactly what you would expect from the from the Big Papa, Scott Snyder. We're in a world where everything's nocturnal, infinite black, infinite night. And we're following our protagonist, Val, and she's a, um, how do they word it? She's a skilled ferryman who transports people and goods along deadly unlit roads with her heavily illuminated 18-wheeler. So, sounds like a Mad Max, sounds like Mad Max at night. I'm down. <laughs> Which, I'm ride or die. For, for Scott Snyder and Tony S. Daniels, sounds like the perfect thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And a nice change up for him. It's got to be good to dive into something like that after doing a huge DC event. I can't, dude. For a while. For a long time.
1: <laughs> let's see. Let's uh, breeze through some of the other things. Those are the big ones. Let's see what else we got. A uh, new suicide squad. Uh, this is the one <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna feature Peacemaker you know all the all, yeah. all the Tom Taylor stuff that you liked before that's gone Revolutionaries is gone that's thrown away completely undone it's dumb we didn't like it anyway who, who cares that everyone loved it uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we got this new stuff with uh, guy. what was the team Peacemaker Superboy William Cobb to his Hell, talent yeah. you know and Every single person that you've wanted in the, in the Suicide Squad will be making an appearance. What else we got? Some got some. Wow, we got a, a couple King and Black tie-ins. Was that was that four? Good lord. The we got the Handbook. We got King and Black Thunderbolt number three. Number three. Uh, <laughs> Wiccan and the King and Black Wiccan and Hawkeye number one, and King and Black Captain America number one we also got Man Bad number two.
0: Yo. Coming out. Did you read the first one yet? No. Got to catch up on I that know, one. Yeah, I do.
1: New Wonder Woman anthology series is starting. This one uh, snuck through the cracks for me, but uh, first three issues got announced. The first one will be done, uh, written by Stephanie Phillips, who uh, cool. DC has fallen in love with. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the art will be by Megan Hetrick, who ah, sounds so familiar. Um, and Yasmin of uh, Purity is on the uh, cover, who you may remember because she did the uh, variant for that uh, deceased one, the uh, V for Vendetta oh, variant. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, so cool. check it out.
0: Oh, that looks good.
1: Yeah. Big energy. Oh, yeah. Big Amazon vibes. Very strong. Wonder so I Woman. Say,
0: nice to find strong woman. Yes,
1: nice muscles. Big fan. And I think, yep, that that is about it for the the, the big stuff, the big releases. What are you looking forward to the most? Um, probably not Tara. Uh yeah. oh shit. I I dude. I'm I'm in so in the mode of not talking about all the DC books. Uh I forgot the biggest one. Batman 106. Oh, that's right back it is back
0: yeah. in town. Yeah. The return
1: of uh, the Tiny Man and the Bat. Yeah,
0: that's pretty exciting. I mean, honestly, even at some level, Infinite Frontier is exciting, if not just as like a Thank God. Something else. Yeah. Like, maybe this will be good. Right. But, uh, no, it's probably there it's How about yourself? Hmm.
1: Toss-up between Fear Case number two. Oh, that's it. No. <laughs> that's the one. Yeah, it might, it might have to be Fear Case number two Um, and or... You know, I didn't mention this uh, during the build-up, but uh, New Engine War comes out this week as well. Oh, nice! And I'm I'm reading this fucking book, man. Like I, I know you are. Like, I'm I'm in it. I think it's issue nine now. Yeah. and And had a little blip at like six or seven where I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm like in the direction this is going, and then it was like immediately not like fixed because like it's still like you know part of the story, but right. it didn't go in in that direction. Gotcha. It didn't harp on it. It didn't last too long on it. It went right back to the story, and I was like, okay,
0: gotcha. Good recovery.
1: but yeah that's it got the news got the topics got the books yeah yeah. oh one thing that I wanted to end with because we didn't mention it during our our news stuff I watched the pilot for uh, Superman Superman and Lois oh yeah how was it okay and we'll we'll end on this (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen a show that was like 90% flawless like really dude perfect i'm watching this show and i'm like damn dude like why is this hidden it's like so really even though like there was a there was like a couple parts where i was like why are you guys doing this like i understand why you're doing this and it was like immediately answering my question like this is why we're doing this 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 is purposeful this is meaningful we're wow. gonna tell a story with this very thing that you just questioned me about damn and i was like wow okay then there was this 10% that's just seared into my brain. It's Mm. unacceptable. (laughs) (laughs) The CW side of it. Like, well, because it's oddly enough, and we'll save this for after you watch it, um, because this was uh, one of the big headlines going into the series. Um, This kind of got swept under the rug. But one of the writers on the show had gotten fired from the show, let go from the show, because they said that she was being a bit too difficult when bringing up issues of racism and sexism throughout the show. And of course, it's, it's a black woman, black writer. Um, and like when well, I remember I remember seeing the report, um, and I was like, Oh, okay, wow, this was this seems like pretty serious, like to be kicked off of a show like the CW, like a CW show for raising concerns of real you know, racism and sexism. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a CW show. Yeah. Right. She was <laughs> trying to be as inclusive as, as remarkably possible. inclusive. <laughs> um It was wild because there was two or three things. I won't spoil it for you. There were two or three moments in the show where I was like, wow, I can't believe you fired someone for bringing up something that was so clearly wrong.
0: Yeah. Like so Ugh.
1: obviously not well done, not appropriate, like poorly timed, you know, poorly written, whatever you want to call it. The fact that someone, and i I knew exactly what it was, the fact that I know that she told you about this mm-hmm. and you let her go because of it does not bode well for whatever's going on in the rest of the show, which I'm sure it's not the first episode she had an issue with. Obviously. Oh,
0: sure, yeah. Um.
1: So, in the back of my mind, I am a little concerned about those things, 100%. I cannot be. But the rest of the show, like I said,
0: damn. was damn near perfect, dude. That's crazy. I had such low expectations, too. Oh, no, this show is awesome. Damn. All Except right. for those things,
1: those like, but those things, like, and I can totally get why these things haven't like popped up in the news because if honestly I was watching it with Katie, if you're not a black man or a white woman like actively watching this together, you probably would have missed these things if you weren't talking to each other. Mm-hmm. But because we were, we were like, yo, you see that? Like, you oh, you saw that, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, all right, I'm not I'm not crazy. Like that, <laughs> like, that, like, that, like that totally happened. It also helped that we both had read 12 issues of Lois Lane sure. <laughs> prior to this, and I read a uh, um. My favorite Superman story, uh, Superman, uh, for uh, for all seasons. Oh right, which is uh, definitely informed uh, by the show, for sure. It took a bunch of shit from that, mm. um, which is probably why I like it. Uh, but like I said, ninety percent, I'm gonna watch the show. The show, the sh- I I recommend it. Like you should be right. like you should watch it because I would like to talk about it on the next episode. Yeah, I will because I especially want to talk about that ten percent where sure. I was like
0: that's a shame like
1: am i like am i crazy because how do you take this thing that i know you know is good because you did it i'm watching you do it this is good this is like one of the best superman things i've seen almost ever wow that's big dude the superman parts of it are like like you know like those parts of man of Steel where you're like damn man like they're doing it Mm -hmm. like they're like they're really fucking doing it right now like ignoring the other parts of course of course but like the like the moments where you're like we can do this like this this is this is doable like yeah the parts are here oh yeah that is all in superman and lois it is, it is flooded in it nice but same same Stupid deal fucking problems these weird and the almost in the man is still as well avoidable choices easy completely yeah, yeah. avoidable <laughs> but yeah we'll end there perfect so if you guys what haven't a watched <laughs> if you guys haven't seen uh the pilot of superman and lois uh, watch it because we will spoil it by the next time you hear from us. Because we will come in and we will talk about it. Yes. But until then, remember to keep on comic bookin', bookin' nerds. nerds. Woo.
0: Shit, is that what this is about? (laughs)